stitch him up. What's up, brother? How you doing, Joe? We're going. We're, we're rolling. Rolling. So, um, I've been talking about you a lot lately. First I appreciate all, that. You know I love you. I love you, too. But it's also your Instagram page has become a highlight of police brutality. And um, I know you take a lot of shit for it, but I think it's very important. And we were just talking about this. I think it's important not just for the people, but I think it's important for the police. I think it's important for police reform. I think they need to see like this is this is what happens when you have shitty people doing this very fucking difficult job and you got a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you know my thing was it just became everybody just always says well, it's, it's only a few bad apples, a few bad apples, a few bad apples. And I'm like, "Well, I can just show you there's a lot of these bad apples, you know what I mean?" And yeah. I think that like you said it's better for future police, but if they're so scared to do their job, it's because everyone hates them. It's because everybody hates them because they're constantly being dickheads to everybody. That makes it worse for the good cops. You know what I mean? I, I do know what you mean. We, we were, I was talking about this the other day with Colleen Noir, and we were saying that it's a job that is almost impossible to do for the average person. You need to be like a fucking Navy SEAL. You need to be like a person who's gone through some rigorous training and a person who really understands how to diffuse situations. You need to be a, a person who knows how to keep your shit together, a person who knows how to respect people. They need a lot more training. Jocko Willink was talking about that. He mm -hmm. said, I think they should have 20% training. He goes, they, they train for like, you know, a couple of weeks. It's like nine weeks or yeah, something. Yeah, and then it's over. And then they're out there in the field. He goes, I think 20% of their time should be spent training. I don't mean to interrupt you, but maybe it's even worse than that, is it's not nine weeks and then the field. In L.A. County, you want to be a sheriff? It's nine weeks or however long, and if it's 10 weeks, I'm sorry, or 12 weeks, it's not that many weeks. Right out of the academy, you go straight to two years in the, in the jail. They're like, oh, all, this, all the human interaction you've had before you went to the academy... Now we're going to surround you by the worst examples of everybody for two years. And then you're going to go on the streets and try to be normal. You go to jails for two years? Two-year minimum. What? All, all sheriffs. That's probably because they just need people in the jails, right? Well, that goes back to what... Uh, I mean, I feel like they... Uh, oh, we got a lot there's of a lot of shit lot going of on there. Go. There's a lot of shit going on there. First of all, there's private prisons. Then there's drug laws. That's that's Those are the two big ones. You want to find out why the fucking... Prisons are filled up with people. Those are two big ones right there. How many people are in jail for shit they should never be in jail for? Decisions that other people make with their own body that doesn't harm anybody other than themselves. You could buy alcohol, but you can't buy coke. You can't buy weed. You can't buy nonviolent drug offenses is a giant percentage of the population. And then you said like you, you they go to jail for that because they made a mistake. But then they don't just get out of jail and they're free. They put you on probation and they put these extended five years probation. Anything's a probation violation. Yep. And then they just keep you back into that same system, back yep. into the same system, back to the same system. You know, Father's Day, I was uh, I was out back. I did like a post around my kids. And, you know, I'm really uh, proud of my kids. So I did a post on Father's Day. And then I was like, man, it's Father's Day. I'm going to chill. I'm smoke a joint, fucking crack a beer. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. I can do that on Father's Day, you know? And, uh. I'm sitting there, I'm a joy, and I'm like, I want to do a post for Ignite. Shout out to Ignite. And uh, I'm like, it hit me, like, it's Father's Day. How many fathers are in prison right now still to this day over something that I can do legally and post on the Instagram now? It's right. insane. Not only that. It's insane. In jail for something that's now an essential. Like, it's, a, it's an, an essential. essential thing that you can do during COVID. Like, when everything was locked down, you could still buy weed. It's nuts. 
It's crazy. And then you can't just blindly turn your like turn your eyes to all this stuff. No. You know, with everything going on in the world, it's like that's why I'm putting this stuff on on my Instagram. Mm. It needs to be seen. Yeah, it's. I'm glad you're doing it. You Thank know, you. and I know you take a lot of hate for it, and that's one of the reasons why I highlighted it. I want to shine people your way and let them know, like you're you're doing. You're not doing this because you're a dickhead. You're doing it because you're you're showing horrible shit. There's a video that you show that I, I've watched so many times, man. There's a the, the cop that uh, rear naked chokes that lady and throws her to the ground for no reason. Horrendous. No reason. Horrendous. And you would see him like some days. I'm like sometimes I don't have time. I'm not even gonna look at the comments because I don't really want to go there. But some days, like today, I got time. I will battle with these fucking assholes in the comments all day long. They'll defend that. Well, she shouldn't have resisted. I want I want context. Show me context. Like if that was your mom. What what scenario or context are you looking for that that would be okay or your for lady. a guy to jump on your back or your daughter yeah or your daughter or your grandma yeah Jesus Christ it's nuts it's nuts it's people that shouldn't be cops and it's too easy to be a cop it's too easy and they don't get paid enough you and they could don't be... they don't get trained well enough and this defunding the police shit is the wrong way to handle it I know they think it's the right way to handle it yeah we're just these cops are bad we just take away all the money oh my god you're gonna create fucking chaos I don't know I haven't looked into the defunding thing a lot I've heard it heard about it a lot but when you talk about defunding let's talk about why do why do these cops need Fucking tanks in downtown. Why do these cops need all these AR-15s and full bullet? Like, what is all? What are we training for? We're trying to scare people. Why that's, are we? Why are we all spending that. all of these tax dollars to scare people? And I'm gonna show you some shit that John Joseph sent me. My buddy John Joseph from the Crow Mags. He's um, this is a shows that people who have different points of view could be good friends because he's a good friend of mine. He wrote a book called Meat Is for Pussies. <laughs> so there you go, folks. We can all get along. We really can. You fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway, he uh, he sent me some shit. His friend is uh, he's working homicide in Harlem, and twenty one people got shot the other day because nobody wants to be a cop there anymore. So it's fucking madness. Like he said, it is madness in New York City. Like literally, god damn it, where can I find it? Like nobody wants to do the fucking job. He's like, it's it's crazy down there. They didn't want to do the job before, or they don't want to do the job now that the heat and the spotlight is on them. Both. Now everybody's like resigning. Well, if I can't, if I can't do whatever I want and have absolute immunity, then I don't want the job anymore. You shouldn't have had the fucking job to begin with. That's a good point too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why did you have the job? All right, look at this. This is all the fucking people that got shot the other night. That's one day. This is what's. That's what happens when there's no cops. When there's no cops and no one's policing anything, people just go ham. I mean, that's what you saw in Santa Monica. Santa Monica is as white as Wonder Bread, right? It's crazy, yeah. And, and it was crazy during the looting. I mean, crazy. The cops were told to stand down. They were told to stand around and watch. So the whole thing of, you know, hey, you need the cops. When you call them, you need them. When shit goes crazy, the cops are there for you. Not that time. The sheriff actually told them to not do anything. So people were smashing windows and stealing things, and they're standing around. And there's, there's videos of this one guy running around the street pointing guns at people, cars smashing into each other. It's like a movie. What was the point of telling them to stand down? I think they where, thought where that is, people were going to burn all this anger out, the George Floyd anger, and that somehow or another, like, let them do it, and then we'll clean up the mess. It's just incompetent policing. It's incompetent leadership. So does the person that made that choice, do we vote for him? Because everybody should girl. probably throw that for her. Like, these are the kind of decisions that need to be made. And you have to ask yourself, why would they, what was the purpose in telling them that? Well, this is a liberal, uh, progressive perspective. They, this is uh, something that they've tried in a bunch of different cities. They also, de Blasio did the same thing in New York City. 
cops were literally told to stand down and the cops are standing there and they're, they're doing nothing while people are uh, this fucking videos the videos from New York City are the nuttiest because people are filming them from their apartments mm -hmm. so they're looking down on the street while cars are running people over and people are smashing into windows and running in and stealing stuff like all these kids just wanting free shit nothing to do with black lives for the no, most nothing. part a lot of them were just opportunists looking for stealing and then also caught up in the chaos of the smashing windows and stealing stuff and then the cops aren't doing anything and they're young and they've been out of work for three fucking months and everybody's right. broke. It's just so many factors compounded together. But Giuliani was actually on Fox News talking about there's a, a particular like political perspective on how to deal with looting and riots in these particular situations. And the idea is to let it burn out, let these people burn it out of their system, but that it doesn't work. He's like, this is an outdated style of, of policing that they, they've figured out doesn't work in like the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of progressive people that are in positions of leadership that still think it's a good idea. That seems like a terrible idea. Well, yeah. nobody knows really what the fuck to do when everything goes haywire. It's like theories. Like, what's the, the like, what do you do? Well, you better protect lives, but don't worry about property because everything's gone nuts. And then the other perspective is send in the fucking National Guard. And everybody's like, don't do that. That's the military. So I don't know what the correct perspective is. And thank God I'm not a fucking governor or a mayor. That's when you know things are fucked. If someone like me ever gets to a position like that. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me thinks that the National Guard would be service, you know, off-duty servicemen or however that works that are from this city or from the area would probably do a lot better job and get more respect than the police that are driving around shooting kids with pepper balls and doing all this crazy shit we're seeing everywhere. You would say that, but one of the most egregious videos of police brutality was the National Guard in Minnesota, where those girls were on their porch. I don't know if you saw that one. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're wa these National Guard dickheads are walking down the street like, get inside, get inside. And one. they go, light them up. And they're shooting rubber bullets at these fucking girls in their house. It's they're insane. on their porch. It's insane. And these girls got hit. It's insane. And she's like, ow, fuck. And she's like inside her house. And then a bunch of people have lost eyes. There's a bunch of people who have lost oh, eyes yeah. during this. There's so many. And everyone now, everyone's just tagging me in videos. And it's oh, like yeah. overwhelming. That kid that got shot in the face, other one lost his eye. Like, yeah. M multiple you know, people have lost their eye. Journalists the, have lost their eyes. The video I posted of that guy, they're like all squared up. Like at, uh, he's like walking toward him talking shit or whatever. And he's yes. like smoking a cigarette. And they mace him in the face. And he turns around like a fucking g like hits the cigarette like what a dick turns back and they shoot him in the face point blank with like a i think it's a canister. tear gas canister yeah to the face in the face i saw it i mean it explodes in his face yeah who knows what happened to that guy you know but it's yeah that is not serving or protecting it's on neither level, of those things on any level on any level and you know i get it man look there's a fucking video we want to talk about the other perspective there's a video go to hector lombard's instagram there's a video, I mean, this is where it gets really squirrely, because there's this dumb white guy who's in the face of this black cop. The black cop's not doing anything, he's doing his job. Mm -hmm. And this guy's calling him a bitch, he's calling him all these terrible names, he's inches from his, this scrawny ass man bun wearing dickhead is in this cop's face like, wh what happened to Black Lives Matter? Like, if this is Black Lives Matter, you, this is a black guy. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? He's not even doing anything, man. He's standing there trying to keep the peace, and you're fucking with him and inciting him. It's people, man. It's people. People, mm -hmm. there's a lot of us suck. And in pressure situations, a lot of us suck. 100%. And, and, and these cops that you're seeing that are doing these horrible things, they're just fucking people, man. And if you give a person that insane power to... 
mace a guy in the face and then shoot him in the head with a fucking tear gas canister. That guy's got to be held accountable. And you got to make sure that never fucking happens again. And if you, that video should be used for training purposes. But everybody else on that, that day, they say that, like, there's good cops. Everybody else on that guy's team knows that guy. You know yeah. what I mean? They know that guy. They do, yeah. You're in a locker room with all your buddies or whatever. You know who cheats on his wife and who doesn't. Like, you know that guy. You know that guy's a fucking asshole. You know right. what I mean? Right. So... But what do you do? It's just like I mean, I look at it. They feel like they can't do anything because those people protect them. If they're they're in the middle of a fucking shootout, they don't want to be the guy that doesn't get back up because you ratted out the guy that shot the guy with the tear canister. Well, if that's the problem that we're facing, then it's time to clean clean house and start all over again. And everybody needs to be. You're all fired, and then you can reapply for your job. But you're getting reapply for your job from a completely different. Um, system or a pretty different interview process, somebody that's not attached to you. Because if that's the problem that you have is now I can't trust, these guys aren't going to trust me, then what are, what are we supposed to do? Just say it's okay every time that happens? Yeah, we shouldn't. We, we definitely shouldn't say it's okay. They, they need reform. There's no question about it. Anybody who says they don't need reform needs to go to the Joe Schilling's Instagram page. <laughs> and for real, that the other one, Joe the old man. Schilling. That fucking old man that gets pushed pushed down and cracks his fucking head, and then those guys in solidarity quit and walk off the job. Yeah, and then when the guys get released from whatever cops got charged or released from whatever, they're all, all the other cops are outside plazing them. Yeah, you can't push an old guy to the ground and he cracks his head open and you walk away. I don't know what that old guy said to them. I mean, he was apparently an old hippie that's like been uh, a peace activist forever. And, you know, he's like 80-something years old or something like that. He's really old, man. Like when that 70-something years old, do you remember? 75. 75. When he gets pushed, man, you can see he's feeble. He falls. He has no control over his body and bangs his fucking head off the concrete. And they just leave him there, man. They just leave him there. No one's doing CPR. No one's calling a medic. No one's checking him. No one's holding his hand. No one's doing a goddamn thing. Like, you just watch an assault. You watch an assault on an old man. On a helpless old man. Yeah. Or a helpless woman. Or a helpless 13-year-old girl you're slamming around. Like, yes. it's all yes. weak, 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 weak men that are yeah. doing this. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And these are the ones that we give, I don't know, it's like this lack of masculinity. So we're, like, scared, so we give somebody else the power. And you're giving weak-minded people guns and power. Right. You know you're what I mean? You're giving people guns and power that the, the psychological ramifications of that job must be crazy if you're day in day out seeing gunshots and fucking suicides and car accidents and stabbings and rape and all day long you're seeing the worst aspects of humanity that your mind gets fucked i've talked to a lot of cops that are good guys and they'll tell you like the job is hard man like there's days where you literally you would you think about taking your own life so you don't have to see anything anymore. They say that. Mm-hmm. I've heard that from cops. And these are not cops that are abusive. They're cops that are just like, man, I'm telling you, it's like you get overwhelmed. Like you can only walk up on so many suicides, so many shotgun wounds to the face. You can only walk up on so many of those and keep your sanity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing that Jocko Willink was saying was that it's it's the same thing in the teams. Like, psychologically, some people can handle anything, and some people cannot handle anything. Some people, just one or two things, and they're off tilt. 
They just can't. Oh, for sure. And But some people, they can go back home to their family and be a good dad and be a good husband and be a good neighbor and be a good person and just and just absorb it and just, you know, go, well, you know, it's horrible, but, hey, that's life. That's tough. Then that's another area that needs to be reformed is mental health with yeah. officers or whatever. But we can't just ignore the whole the whole thing and say, well, you know, it's a, t no. it's a tough job. No, like, we can't. It's You're like right. the Chris Rock thing about like, you can't be a, a sometimes a good pilot, right, be a pilot. Right. You can't just crash into things. You can't yeah. go without, can't without be accountability, yeah. you know, which off topic, but like, that's how I feel about judges. Like how many fights can you screw up yes. before there's an accountability? There? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's a real good point. Yeah. I mean, it's like basically every job, you know, um, it's just some jobs have much higher consequences and cops it's like the highest it's one of the highest cops soldiers is a few with the highest consequences of your mistakes mm -hmm. you know and, and um, zero accountability very little they very only little. do cops don't get don't go to regular court they get uh in, internal investigations mm -hmm. they all protect their own they protect each other they're that, on the, their own little team that woman what is her name brianna <clears throat> taylor is that her name the woman who got shot in her home um, and then they, they no knock warrant kicked down the wrong door um, shot, shot through the window. She was playing with a with her son or her little brother or somebody on the in the bed of the video game. And then they charged her boyfriend, her husband, with attempted, attempted murder. murder for shooting back at the person who's shooting through the window. With didn't tell them they were cops. Right, and insane. he's insane. I mean, they have this guy cuffed in a fucking jumpsuit, going to jail. It's crazy. It's and and the cop who did that only mm. got fired that's it there was another one where the guy got and just did. now just now got fired by the way that that happened quite a while ago uh the the one i posted to the guy in the hotel where they called the oh. he had a pellet gun because he was like a out-of-town exterminator and yeah. he's with his girlfriend in a hotel room and they call the cops the cops come and they're like lined up down the hall with an ar-15 screaming and ridiculous orders yes crawl, ridiculous crawl water. over here hands behind your back crawl while you have scratch your head and your temple but don't fucking move or i'll kill you don't reach back the, cap, the guy kept losing his pants because he didn't have a belt on he's crying he's like please please and they just fucking gun him down while he's belly down so they already knew what they wanted to do and they're waiting for him to give the reason well exactly it's not hard to tell that guy is not a threat just like it's not hard to tell that that woman like the one where the they throw the woman down and she jumps the cop, cop jumps on her back and puts her in a rear naked choke what do you do when you argue with your wife at home or your sister or your girlfriend like when at what point does your where do you get the right to just jump to that conclusion yeah. just because you're a cop that woman's not a threat to you no, no. that old man that i posted yesterday they body slammed it you know it's just I don't know if you saw the one where so there's a, a guy who got pulled over going five miles an hour over the speed limit and the officer is threatening to pepper spray him because he's filming. Oh, yeah. See that one? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them, man. There's a there's lot of them. There's another one where the, the, it's a black guy and uh, he's just going off, like losing his shit on the cop. And he's That's like, a new one, right? He's like, yeah. So yeah. I just saw it recently. Yeah. He's like, you pulled me over for not using my turn signal and you walked up to my window with a gun. I have a gun pointed at me. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I got kids. I got a wife. I want to live my life. Why the fuck? Because yeah. because I made a turn a turn signal. Right. Why are these guys so terrified to do their job? Well, you don't know what it's like to to work the streets of South Side of Chicago. There's people that live in South Side of Chicago. There's people that grow up there. There's people that are raised there. There's old ladies that walk down the street there. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so don't tell me because you're too terrified to do your job. It makes it okay for you to kill people. Well, it's definitely not okay to behave like that because they escalate way before it becomes a real thing. And there's nothing going on. You're pulling a guy over. It's one thing if you're pulling a guy over and his windows are all blacked out and he won't. he's not complying. He's not rolling down his window. You yeah. should get sketched out. And you run his tag and he has 15 right. uh, armed robbery charges or right. whatever. You right. Know? It's, But then, you know, it's just... There needs to be solutions. I, all this complaining about it is great. It's good. I really think what you're doing is very good. Cause it, it, and I think the cops should think it too. They really should, man, because it, sh it should highlight the need for reform and highlight the need for education and highlight the need for better training and, and better funding. You want better people? You got to pay them. Mm -hmm. You got to. You're, you're. You can't have billboards up that say "Earn fifty thousand dollars a year, have a great gig." You know you, that's not the people you want, man. You want. You want it to be difficult to be a cop. It sounds like a joke, but it's not a joke. You need more training time to become a barber than it is to become a cop. That's a fact. That's not a joke. It sounds like a joke. It's that's not so a crazy. joke. It's a fucking fact. We give these people that have like very little training whatsoever and little very little background on their mental stability you know yeah. a fucking weirdo when you meet him joe you're yeah. like oh that guy's a little off you're not going to give that guy a fucking gun and a badge and then the right to do whatever he wants and that's yeah. what we do and it keeps biting us in the ass all the time yeah i have a buddy of mine and uh he has this dude who was his trainer that kept trying to be a cop the guy was fucking insane fucking insane he would tell him in the middle of training Jesus doesn't want you doing that right now. Jesus wants you doing something different. And he'd be like, what? He's like, Jesus wants you doing squats today. Just uh, got to trust in the Lord, man. Today it's squats. And he's like, what the fuck are you saying? He's like, he was wrong. Like something's off in his head, right? And he just kept saying that, yeah, Long Beach turned me down. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try for the Pasadena Police Department. Like this guy was mentally unstable and he kept trying to become a cop. Now, if one police department was light on people and they needed that guy and they gave that guy a gun and let that guy pull people over and jesus tells him to shoot somebody florida saying that they would take on the police department of Florida said we would take all the uh police officers at the other state they got in trouble or whatever Atlanta? Or they, whatever the fucking thing was atlanta's you know? all the police officers are, are not responding there's people that applied to be in the military and didn't pass the thing but still became cops it takes let you are a lower standard to be a police officer in the U.S. than it is to be a soldier in the U.S. That's crazy. What are we doing? And what and what is the, you know, we have the same process. When I was in high school, the guys come around in their suits. They, you know, they, if you take the ASBAP son, tests on, we can show you the world. You get a free education, all that shit. Yeah. You don't qualify for them, but I could still get a badge and a gun, and people are gonna respect me. Yeah. Yeah, there's you know, a lot of that. There's a lot of that shit going on. That's real. That's you know real. what I mean? No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And it's just a poor management. It, it's, it's a poor management decision to, to, to run the police departments that way, to have them that underfunded, to have them that poorly represented. Because I know there's good cops out there. I've met them. I know good guys that are cops. For sure. For sure, yeah. me too. I've trained, I've I trained feel, cops. Yeah. I've trained good cops. And I'm like, oh, that seems like a good guy. And then I've seen and met other cops, and I'm like, that dude is not all there. Right. That right. dude's not all there. And, and everybody everybody in the fucking precinct knows, oh, that's that's Dewey. You know, <laughs> don't worry about Dewey. He's a good guy. Yeah, just don't get pulled yeah. over by him. Just LOL. don't get pulled over by him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we're in a crisis in this country in many ways. We And uh, Jocko was talking about this, that it's a leadership crisis. It's all from the top down. 
you know, and uh, it's a leadership when it comes to the president, leadership crisis, governors, mayors, sheriffs, and then the cops themselves. It's it's a bunch of people that really don't have the character to be doing that. And look, it's a I wouldn't wish it on anybody, man. It's that's a tough fucking get all those gigs. We just said being a governor fucking insanely hard. I couldn't imagine being responsible for the economy of a whole state. Especially like California. That's why our goofy governor keeps calling it a nation state. It might as well be a fucking nation. There's 40 million people in this motherfucker. That's a lot of people, man. That's crazy. I don't want that job. But if you're going to have that job, you got you better be fucking really good, man. You better be really good. I think that we need four-year terms for everybody of major powers like this so that we don't end up with these career politicians and career you know, this shit just stays the same, and you build your your relationships, and the, the shit just stays the same. There's no accountability. There's no fresh blood coming in. Maybe that's a key, a good key for cops to have a four year like term, and then you're up for review. Or the police chief. You know yeah. the police. How the police? Chief? I can only imagine it. That's why, like, uh, like Lethal Weapon or whatever, Martin and Riggs walk in or whatever, and he's like, Another. oh, you know, the commissioner, Commissioner Gordon's breathing down my neck. You got to stop choking all these guys out. And they're like, you know, I don't give a fuck, but, you know, the, the commissioner's down my back. Yeah. He's not saying, hey, motherfucker, you're fired. I'm going to press charges on your fucking ass. This is not how we do things. You yeah. know what I mean? But then there's always the, the, there's the romantic crazy cop. Like Riggs in Lethal Weapon was the romantic crazy cop. It was kind of cool. He's a little unhinged, but he gets the job done. Yeah, right. You know? But the, those guys are never abusive in those movies. The unhinged guys. No, they're always, heroes. Yeah, they're always heroes and cool with people, but they just, you know, eat cold pizza in the morning in a blender and they fucking smoke cigarettes and then they choke people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my son, Jackson, was uh, scared of the police before I was ever into any of the, or said doing, th like, I, when I noticed it, I was aware of it. I like took a step, like step back and looked at myself. He's getting this from me and he wasn't. He was like three or four years old. And we would pull, I remember one day we pulled in to the, a bank and I parked between two cop cars. And my older son gets out the car and I'm like, hey, where's Jax? And he's still in the back. And he's like all like tense in the back seat. I'm like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, uh, he wouldn't say anything. My older son's like, oh, he's scared of the cops. I'm like, why? Because all he sees is cops come when you're in trouble. Cops, want, cops take you to jail. Cops do bad things. There's no like, when I was a kid, uh, in uh, Bellbrook, Ohio, where I grew up, my, we had a cat, and it used to always go up in the tree. And my mom would call the police and the fire department anytime the cat went in the fucking tree. You know, that's we'd, old school. We try, shit. right? We try. <laughs> you know, I couldn't climb a tree that high. You know, get down, you're gonna fall. And then she'd call the the fucking police and the fire department, and they'd come, and they'd be cool. And the fucking cop would give us crapper, cracker jacks. And when a cop drove by, he waved at you. You know what yeah, I mean? That's small would, town life. Well, that was like how shit should be now yeah, it's yeah. like if i'm at a fucking quiznos and i'm like oh man excuse me officer what time is it i'm on my fucking lunch break they're just fucking dickheads mm. all the time they pull you over what are you doing speeding in my town you know it's just like this overwhelming <sighs> fuck you all the time yeah. i got the cop stories i got i got cop stories i know you do i got a few yeah. cop stories there's a lot of cop stories to have good and bad but you only hear the bad ones there's a, there's a lot of interactions every day that people have with cops that are positive. I'm sure. But it's just exactly like the Chris Rock joke. You really can't have bad apples no. when it's that job. No. Just like you can't have bad fire department people. You can't have bad pilots. You can't have – it's just a job you got to do right. 
And then it's like, for how long? Like, that's why lately I've been posting videos from like three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. Same, same type of shit. Yeah. It's still going like, this is an old video and nothing's changed. Yeah. Rodney King wasn't that long ago. There was another one that just came out. This guy's handcuffed on his back and they're beating him with tons, telling him to put his legs down I've while they're beating one. the shit out of him. Yeah, I've seen that one. And then the, uh, the guy that got pulled over or uh, fell asleep in a Wendy's parking lot, cop mm -hmm. pulls him over. It's like, hey, what are you doing? The guy's like, look, man, I was fighting with my wife. Fucking had, you know, have you been drinking? Yes, sir, I've been drinking. They hadn't, he hadn't been driving that they could prove yet. So he's like, well, can you take his breathalyzer? And he's like, well, you know, I'm already been drinking. He's like, it's just part of my investigation. It's no big deal. The reality was they needed him to take the breathalyzer because they could then they could arrest him because they didn't see him actually drive. They couldn't do that. Right. So they trick him into doing that. Then they arrest him. When they arrest him, he's got his hands behind his back. Maybe he's tussling or whatever. Nobody wants to get arrested. While they're tasing him in the back multiple times, these idiots give up the taser. So he's running away with the taser, and they shoot him in the back. Yeah, we were talking about that one. He turned. What didn't he turn and point the taser at him, or is that what they said? On the video, it looks like he yeah. could do whatever. Invest. I, I can't keep up with the investigations of like what day things are being <clears throat> found. Maybe there was a shot left in it. That's why there was a pop heard, or there was. I I don't know. So there now. might have been a shot left in it. People are saying that? Yeah. Mm. And that's why I don't know now. Okay. I don't, I'm, but ev don't either way. But if I tase you in the back four times, it doesn't give you the right to kill me. But no. if I shoot or may aim one in your general direction, it's ice this motherfucker. And it wasn't like that guy was... You had a conversation with him. He just said he would go home. He was daughter. His uh, daughters were at his sister's house. Mm -hmm. That I'll just leave the car here and go. But they already had the agenda of what they wanted to do. Why right. shouldn't that guy just, you know what, go home? Mark Lamont Hill had a really important point. He said, like, why is that a case even for the police? There should be something else, like some other division that just handles nonviolent people that are just in need of assistance. If you got a guy who's drunk in a parking lot, there should just be some people that, if you want to cite him and give him some sort of a fine or suspend his license for 30 days or something like that, something nonviolent, but that guy should just get a ride home. And if he says that he, he drove there, well, hey, man, you can't drive drunk. You're in trouble for that. But, but to try to tase him and all, all that other shit, there's no, there's no need for that. See, I'm torn on that is that, yes, you're absolutely right. Somebody should be able to see that. I just don't think that it's out of the realm of possibilities that the police could be called to that scene and not end up shooting the guy. Yeah. They, they, they should have the same wherewithal that you and I are having right. in this conversation to be like, oh, dude, fuck, what are you doing? Bro? Yeah. Go, your wife's probably pissed you're dumb drunk right now. Get and that's home. one of the ones where the Atlanta Police Department is all walking off in solidarity because the guy was charged with felony murder. And so they all quit. Yeah, a lot of them are just not responding to things. They're, they basically don't feel like they're supported, and they want to let people know, like, this is what we do. This is how hard this job is. So this is what it's like when cops don't respond. That is the most idiotic baby little child shit to do I, I can't even get behind that at all well if you i'm taking my ball and i'm going home then if you don't want me here then i'm leaving i don't even know it's ridiculous it's not going to change the 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 charges if they charged him with felony murder they're not going to uncharge him with felony murder because the cops aren't responding and once it's like it just shows how much they don't care about their community they don't care about their oath they don't care about protecting and serving for you well, they care about that. staying together you know that's what we we're saying earlier like, but this is that's the oath right the th that's the you know the code of silence you you have to protect those other people because the shit could go down you need them to have your back it's it's i'm not saying it's right but i'm saying that is how it works in the police department
That's terrible. Did you ever see the documentary The Seven Five? I didn't. You should see it. It's fucking crazy. It's the seven five. The seven five. It is all about uh, this guy. It's this guy Mike Dowd, who's out now, who uh, became a corrupt police officer. Just joined the force because he wanted to be a cop, and then right away was introduced to the fact that this whole fucking thing is bad. It's all corrupt. They're all bad cops. They're all doing fucked up shit. I'm pretty sure they pushed a guy out of a window, like one of the first days that he got there. Someone got killed. And they would just say, this is how it works. And then cut to many years later, he's robbing drug dealers and selling drugs and they're organizing hits on people. Like, it's a crazy fucking movie. And it's from his words and his former partner's words. And it just details how everything went completely sideways. And it just shows you, like, imagine if you were one of those guys and that's your job. You're a fucking cop. And you're in this precinct with all these other corrupt cops. And you're like, well, this is what we do? So this is what we do. We're just corrupt. Mm -hmm. Fuck. It's like the mob mentality with the protests, right? You get a good protest or people protesting a real thing, people that are having a peaceful march doing that stuff, and then you compound. They've been locked in their house for two months. Everybody's broke. The Louvre's in their businesses. Shit's yep. getting fucking weird. They're just going crazy. And... But they're, they're doing the protest. Now you have some asshole come up with a hammer and break a bunch of windows and start creating the drama. It, it causes a mob mentality, right? Mm -hmm. It's like people are smart, but mob, mobs are stupid, right? Where yeah. person is smart, people are stupid. That same thing happened to the cops, right? You're on a team. One guy starts doing shit like, bro, just shoot him in the face with a beanbag. Nobody else see it. Oh, you fucking got him. Right on. Pass me the gun. Boom. And they're all doing the same shit. There's definitely a lot of that. And then they're protecting themselves. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. It's uh, there's also there was some crazy shit where it was pretty much proven that some cops were the ones who were breaking windows in Minneapolis. Oh yeah, there was one in that? New York where they were sawing a sawing the like the roll up door open on a uh, a jewelry store. A cop was doing that. Yeah, they had this video. I'll find the video for you. Oh, there's please cops find that video. with like with like a fucking one of the like a miter saw or whatever cutting the roll up door on the jewelry shop. Uh, I think I saw that one. I it was, if I remember, might be incorrect. Uh, there was people. They got a call. And there was people trapped in there, and they like had to get them out. Huh. They might have been robbing it or something right. like that. But like they had to. <laughs> huh. Maybe they get trapped in yeah. there robbing it. Yeah, I maybe mistaken on that one, but I think I saw. It. Oh, that's interesting. Jamie with the fact check. That seems like a weird way to save people. Saw the fucking well, security door open because they broke it open in a bad way and like snuck in and like they uh, had to get with all their equipment and shit. So they, like they use like the. Metal salt thing that like hello nine one one yeah um well okay we were robbing this jewelry store that seems like the type <laughs> of thing that you would say when you were caught on camera robbing the jewelry store well actually there was somebody inside I was trying to get them out it was just a weird thing it happens sometimes you know being a cop sorry. that's true too yeah. yeah I mean how many cops robbed things during all the melee had to be a lot right come on they had to. The one that I saw was a Target in Minneapolis where this cop that actually got recognized and he got identified, and mm -hmm. this cop was smashing windows. And these kids were like, hey, man, are you a fucking cop? And he's like, fuck off. I'll kick your ass. And, and, like, and he's a big guy, too. Oh, that was a guy in Minneapolis with the, yeah. he had the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the he thing? Yeah, had a full face shield on and mm -hmm. everything. And they were like, this guy's wearing, like, police-issue shoes, police-issue clothes. <laughs> so let's look at, look at that. Why would they do that? Why would a cop do that? Because the cop wanted to break shit? Or is there a, a plan to get fucking drama started in a certain city and then that police station just happens to burn down and they, they give it up too? Well, I think how many in a records, lot of those situations... How many records got destroyed when they burned down that police station? 
Oh, that's a good point. Ooh, look at Joe Schilling's thinking on multiple levels. You know what I mean? I think what happens with a lot of this, you know, it's called an agent provocateur, right? And what they've used those people for before is to stop a peaceful protest. And the way they stop a peaceful protest, they turn it violent. And then they then, then they have the authorization to go in and break, break up the protest mm-hmm. and arrest people. Mm-hmm. And that has been done. That absolutely has been done. Mm-hmm. It was done with the World Trade Organization protests in the... Uh, early 2000s, they did that in Seattle. That shit has been done. Um, they do. It may, might be late, late 90s. Um, but they fucking do that. That is a, a government tactic. And say you have a good protest and it has a good meaning and a good thing, and that's bad for you if you're the government. You're trying right. to like, I don't really like this shit. Exactly. What do we do here? Well, let's get some fucking assholes to go in there and start some shit. Exactly. We haven't We haven't let these people leave their house in two months. They're going to do some dumb shit, right? Yep. So we'll just start bashing up shit. You know what? Let's plant some fucking bricks. Maybe we put some bricks on the street where all these people are going to come. They're going to fuck all this shit up. Yeah, the brick thing was weird. You know, in some circumstances, the bricks actually were there because of construction. That's been proven. There was one that was a synagogue in North Hollywood, and we were and there was these like bricks set up right in front of the synagogue. We we're like, this is fucked up. Like, what is this about? Turned out even worse. The bricks had actually been there for a long time, and they were there to keep people from driving into the synagogue. They were to stop a car from smashing through the front windows and killing people. So they were worried after like the Pittsburgh mass shooting and a couple other uh, mass shootings. Mm-hmm. They were worried about their synagogue, so they set up these bricks to keep some fucking psycho from driving a car through the building. Which is, I mean, almost worse. I almost rather them. Well, I mean, we have that everywhere, though, right? We have that in like Sunset Boulevard or wherever. There'll be like Those posts. concrete posts. Like yeah. that's a that's a normal thing, I think. I guess, but this is I weird. I saw one of their bricks because it was like set up by these folks that ran the synagogue, and they they because the in. city didn't even protect it. If they had to do it themselves, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think city probably approved it, right? But it's it's a weird. Have you, See if you can find. I saw the picture. They're in like cages, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird. I think you can buy at Home Depot, I guess. Oh, you can? Mm -hmm. For that reason? In case you run a synagogue that's being targeted by white supremacists. (laughs) Maybe the city's not got your back. You're not worried about the cops showing up. We're going to put these these rock piles in front of your shit. It's just this this whole COVID and then the George Floyd protests and then the riots and the looting and everything like that really highlights how fragile. Our, our civilization is really really yeah. shows everybody yeah and how easily we are controlled through the media yep easily we're controlled i, I try not to watch it anymore because like it's you're just getting brainwashed and once you realize you're just being brainwashed like they just control how you feel about everything they control like, you hate this guy change the other channel no that guy's a good guy this guy's fuck this guy and it's yeah. just all misinformation. Yep. The who and Fauci one day that mm-hmm. don't do masks. You don't need masks. The next day, oh, you need masks. Como needs 50,000 uh, respirators ventilator, ventilator, and it puts them all in the nursing homes and all the nurse people die. Yeah, but he, let's not talk about that. Yeah, that's the Cuomo nursing home thing is a giant scandal, man. He I mean, let those people go back to the nursing homes. They infected and killed thousands of people because of that. And, and so his numbers go straight up, you know? And then, like, why are we incentivizing... If we even go into the COVID, I mean, why are we incentivizing hospitals to say that there were COVID deaths? What is the purpose of that? It makes no sense. I think the idea was because this was a new disease and they required more fun, uh, like financially, it's more difficult to treat those people, that they allocated more money towards people that had COVID. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, 
you do incentivize people to mark deaths as COVID. Yeah, there's people that get shot and they were like, well, he had COVID when he died. But did, did they test him for COVID? Well, it doesn't matter. I just wrote it on there. But there are and also then the numbers come out. Apparently, you know? there've also been a bunch of people that died and weren't COVID tested that they do believe died because of complications for COVID too. So the idea is that it could even possibly balance it out. They don't know. But there are a lot of people that have, like, there, here's a deceptive one that I read. It was really fucked up. They were talking about this kid who was, uh, I think he was 17, who died from COVID. And they said uh, he, he was, uh, a, they said he was healthy. No, under, no other uh, health issues, they said. But then you read the article deeper, it turns out he had diabetes. He had type 1 diabetes, and he was 400 pounds. And it's like, wait a minute. The, that's not no issues. These articles are full of shit. And they write those articles just so that you click on them because they get the, the fucking ad revenue from clicks. That's, mm -hmm. So they're incentivized to trick you into being scared. You're like, oh my God, a 17-year-old died? What happened? My 17-year-old can die. Holy fuck. And then you click on it. And if you don't read you know, six, seven paragraphs into the article, you don't find out that this was a 400-pound diabetic kid that... You know, has could have died from the flu three months earlier, yeah. and it would have been the same shit. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so the numbers are fudged. So I don't, I don't want to believe your numbers. Don't come to me with more scare tactics about like the numbers are spiking. Well, you already said that fifty percent of the positives are false positives. Well, at least finally they're saying when they say that the numbers are spiking. I haven't heard that fifty percent are false positives. I, got a, I haven't a heard that video. There was the uh, that chick that is a, with Fauci, the other one. She was saying 50%? Yeah, I don't know how old the video was, but she said that, that our testing, is we're coming up, and if you have 1% of whatever, and we test it, then 50, you know, 50, about half of the positives are false positive. Jesus. And then I don't wear a mask, and you have to wear a mask. And they said the whole reason we have to flatten the curve is because it can live on anything for up to, like, nine days, and even an asymptomatic person can still transmit it. Then it comes out, they say the exact opposite. Yeah, now they're saying asymptomatic people very, very rarely transmit well, I, it. I don't choose to believe that, Joe. I, 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 I I'm going to believe what they told me the first time. There's not a lot the of new, people that do not, say that. Not the new facts that they have now. No. So we're still going to wear masks all the time. It, it, yeah, people get mad at you if you suggest differently. There's a lot of people that like being scared, too. And they're like, fuck you. Love it. Wear your goddamn mask. Love we it. need to protect people. Love it. But well, meanwhile, if there's no police, who's going to protect you and you? Who's going to protect your family? Me. Meanwhile, there was no, these people weren't freaking out when you're seeing these mass protests. And the spikes, guess what? Happened right after the protests. And at least they're saying that now. At least they're saying, they're being forced into saying it's probably connected to the, the protests. Well, of course. Or it's just if one more way to get, the, get people to get, let's scare them to, to stop revolting. Let's get them. Let's get them chill out. You got you know. Now COVID the numbers spiking. are spiking, guys. You Do you think it's that calculated? That that's what they're doing? I think there's a lot of calculated shit going on. There's too many weird things going on. I'm like, who's calculating I'm, it though? I think that it's Doctor Evil. <gasps> I think it is. He's I alive. think that they're they're in like their mm. thing, and <laughs> next we're gonna launch the sharks with laser beams on their head. What mm. happened to murder hornets? They came and went real quick. I was really worried about them. Aliens, like, bro. Fuck. I'm putting it out there. Aliens, the aliens? will come. Well, aliens are coming before before the election. The alien thing is interesting because there's quite a few like real legitimate studies, and in including black ops studies, that are going on right now on aliens, it's particularly after the David Fravor 
uh, incident, which was an Air Force incident that was off the coast of uh, San Diego. That was all documented in terms of the speed of the aircraft, the fact that they were tracking it, the fact that it blocked their uh, their tracking systems. So it, it was an active object blocking their tractive, tracking systems. And it also went from something like right above the surface of the water to 60,000 feet in a matter of a second. Like whatever the fuck that thing is, it mm -hmm. violates all laws of propulsion. And all those uh, Air Force guys were saying, yeah, we've been following these things. They've been down here for the last few weeks. Like every now and then we'll see one. And they'll hover above the water and dunk down into the water. They don't know what the fuck they were. And, you know, this David Fravor guy who's like a rock-solid, buttoned-down military man. He is not a bullshit artist. Mm -hmm. He's not a guy who needs a lot of attention. He came on the podcast and relayed his experiences with this thing. And there's not just one of them. And they behave very similarly. They've, they've had them on the East Coast. I'm, a, I'm doing a terrible job of giving all the facts about how they operate and how, the, how they move. But they defy all the known laws of propulsion. They have no idea what they are. They have no idea where they're coming from. They, they don't know what they're doing. But these things behave in some really almost supernatural way in terms of like what we know about physics. And this is like unclassified now or this is recent? Well, the government's come out and said, I mean, they, they've, they've openly said there's a real issue. Trump says he's heard very interesting things about Roswell, side of an alleged UFO event. The president was asked by his, yeah, that was nonsense though. Did you see that interview? First of all, the, the whole interview was weird. Like Donald Trump Jr. is interviewing Donald Trump, and he's he's not even doing it like he's his dad, you know. Like if I was sitting there with my dad, I'd be like, "All right, dude, tell me what's up. What's yeah. going on with the Seriously. aliens, pops? So what's going on with the what aliens? What do you got back there, dude?" And also, I would have asked that question four fucking years ago, day one. I'd be like, "Come on, dude." As soon as aliens. as soon as you walked me in, yeah. let's talk aliens. I would run for president just to find out. Just to I think win you should run for president, Joe. That, dude. You Fuck should absolutely listen, run for president. Listen, listen, I get canceled for all, all Joey Diaz conversations. You could, you could do like <laughs> the uh, presidential addresses and just do a stand-up bit the whole time, every time. That would it would have to be that it would have to be like some seriousness and some uh, like some. But you know, life is so preposterous, and it's more preposterous now than it's ever been before. It's not. And, and meanwhile, there's nuts. no stand-up. The only person doing stand-up right now has been, there's a few guys that just started doing shows. I'm actually in Houston this weekend for the first time in three months. I haven't done any stand-up. Chappelle's doing regular shows in Ohio. Really? He's got a outside wedding like uh, pavilion, and he's got it set up where everybody's socially distanced. They all wear masks in the crowd. They have Chappelle masks. So they'll have like the C on their mask. They're in the crowd. Cool. And it's uh, my, my buddy Donnell did it and he said he loves it. And Dave's like, listen, man, I got to do something. I got to figure this out. It's all been approved by the governor. Everybody's, you know, distanced six feet apart. They all maintain social distancing during the show. They wear masks during the show. How long are What's we? What's this? How long are we going to keep doing this? Texas governor urges people to stay home as states report surges of new COVID nineteen cases. Yeah, you want to see the photo of the Austin protest? Have you seen it? It's crazy. You know, Austin, which is the most progressive city in uh, Texas, had this insane protest. Which, listen, I think is great. I do. I think it's great that people want to show solidarity, that people want to uh, to get out there and and let everybody know that they're 
they're not down with pr- police brutality and that they're 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 down with racial equality and that you got all these thousands and thousands of people together to have the same positive message. I love it. However, <laughs> that COVID doesn't give a fuck about racial equality or social justice. If you're if you're not healthy, it's gonna get you. I don't know, man. And I, the, the cases spike. But the other thing about Texas is. A giant percentage of it, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 50%, is actually in prisons. So when they're talking about statewide uh, issues. did you Do you have an image? Because I can get an image for you. I got a good one for you. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that'll cause a problem. <laughs> Look at all those fucking people. But one thing they have found out, if you guys, if you guys are going to protest, protest during the day. And this is why. There's been a new study that came out that said that COVID-19 dies almost instantly in contact with sunlight Didn't so trump say that like two months ago and everyone said he was crazy no he was saying like put light he into said, the body no and he said 80 degrees he day. said when the summer comes the heat the heat yes, kills it but it's not but it's not the heat it's actually light so um the nighttime is just as dangerous in the summer it is as it is during the day it's not heat it's not a temperature issue i'm sure some temperature kills it joe this thing is not real bro no this is not real it's not bro real? it's not Should real let a joint it is the fucking flu yeah we're going please, deep let's do it deep it's not real you don't think it's real i think that the flu is real i think that people get sick from the flu every year and die i think that it's a it's a bad thing i don't think that all of this nonsense is going on and they keep Keep perpetuating it and keep perpetuating, keep perpetuating it. It's come on. I well, just, I just not buying it anymore. I just you guys, you change your your views, you change your opinions. It's like, it's like if you were the writer of a TV show, <laughs> say Friends, your job would be to write a thirty minute episode that was funny and intriguing and dramatic and fucking scary or whatever the fuck and like the the media just writes an episode and then the next day they like write a new episode and write a new episode and like change their shit i understand what you're saying such bullshit i understand what you're saying i'm gonna give you a different perspective okay this is the different perspective the different perspective is legit biologists have analyzed the actual virus itself and they find all sorts of problems with this virus i had brett weinstein on the podcast the other day he's a professor a legit biologist and he was discussing all of the indicators in the virus that seem to point to the fact that this has probably been leaked from a lab. And he explained it in terms of the way viruses evolve. I'm going to do a terrible job of paraphrasing it because I'm a moron and he's brilliant. Yeah. But when he said, in the, in the long run, what he's basically saying is this is a very legit virus. It's very complicated because of the fact that it's been fucked with. Because this is not a virus like, you know, like a regular cold. Or like anything else that we've encountered before. This is something that's really complicated and may have evolved because it came from a lab. His perspective is it may have evolved to transmit better indoors. Um, And it's very vulnerable to UV light, which also might be uh, part of, you know, it being from a lab and not something that existed in the wild that actually just jumped from a bat to a pangolin to a person or, or what have you. So legit scientists and biologists who are not a part of the narrative, they're not working for any government agency, they're not a part of the news media that's trying to transmit propaganda, they are concerned with it. And they're concerned with it for very specific scientific reasons. Now, me as a person who doesn't know what the fuck any of that stuff I just said means, really, I just repeat it. And it sounds like I'm smart, 
but they the, the smart people actually are worried about it for very specific reasons that it could explain to you. Now, it's not vulnerable. For a lot of people, they're not going to be vulnerable. Like pro athletes. We were talking about those NBA players that get it. Mm -hmm. Listen, those are top of the food chain stud athletes. They shake it off. They're not experiencing any symptoms, you know, over and over and over again. There's a lot of people that get it. Idris Elba shook it off. There's a lot of people that get it, shake it off. They barely get it. They barely even know they have it. But they're really robust, healthy people. The concern is people that aren't, old people, people that are vulnerable. When they get it, man, they get it bad. And uh, I was reading an article today about a woman who's been sick with COVID for 100 days now. And she still has days where she has like these horrible flu-like symptoms and she gets real wheezy. But I think she has multiple sclerosis and she's got some other underlying health conditions. So those people have to really be worried about this because it's not predictable and they don't know how to treat it totally, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. Turned out when they put people on ventilators, my buddy Michael Yo got it and he got it early on. And his doctor told him, if I put you on a ventilator, you're probably going to die. Mm -hmm. Because your body's going to stop breathing for itself. It's going to let, let the ventilator do all the work. The ventilator, like 90% uh, of people put on ventilators. I think for it's 80. 80% died. for yeah. anything ever die. Is that true? I don't know. That's what it I heard. Sounds good. 80, sounds terrifying. Say 80%. So when, the question is, though, when Como's like, we need 40,000 ventilators, because who are you saving when 80% of those people are going to die? The thing is, though, like I think the ventilator, one way you could look at it, the ventilator is such a last-ditch effort that by the time you get to the... What is that? What do you got there? Oh, cold, Budweiser. Ice cold, Ooh, delicious. Yes. But heavy for you, my what friend. What a good man. He brings his own beer. You fucking stud. I come with all kinds of gifts. Um, oh, I brought you some Ignite stuff, too. Oh, nice. Dan Shout out to Dan Bilzerian. Hey. Tell me he's writing a book. He, he, I think he did write his book. Yeah. Look at that. There you go. This is that, dog stuff, right? Yeah, that one's for uh, Marshall. Oh, yay. He'll love it. My dog's been using it, too. It's, uh, it's really good stuff. Okay, cool. You know Dan, everything's the best. Yeah, no, I'm sure. <laughs> he's, uh, it's funny how he's jumped balls deep into weed and CBD. Yeah. All right, look at that. Dog CBD. It even says it on there. I fucked up with CBDMD and I took some of their dog CBD. It was delicious peanut butter <laughs> flavor. I think it's fine though. I feel oh, sure, like why not? I mean, it's just CBD, but they I'm make not, it flavored sure for dogs. What's that? Cool more more shit? Yeah. Look at this. Damn, Gulzarian, you generous fella. All right, okay, cool. CBD and t shirts and shit. What is the yeah. bull for? What is the, all that? What is the ram's head? Uh, I think it's a goat head. It seems satanic. I asked him once about it, Isn't and I can't it? remember what the answer was, Bro. but I think it's always been like his thing. That's that's like uh, Satan, right? What is the one, the, the devil that has the goat head? Is it Beelzebub? Sounds good. It sounds like that would be correct. All right. Thank you, Dan. Oh. Thank no. you, Satan. No? Who is it? Which one? You got to be careful. You know, you get people so high that they get super paranoid and they look down at that goat head. Uh, Baphomet. Oh, Baphomet. That's right. I've seen him on things before. That's like something Duncan would know a lot That's about. That's right. I was trying to think of Duncan and <laughs> think of words he said. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, hey, Dan, why is that guy on the cover of your fucking box? <laughs> <laughs> why is that goat dude with, with eagle with wings? goat dude, man. Oh, that guy's creepy as fuck with his pentagram on his head. Oof. This is it. Houston ICU capacity could soon be exceeded as COVID-19 hospitalizations worsen. Yeah, and then tomorrow. all the videos come out, and Whoa. it's like people in uh, 
going to the hospitals and there's no lines that they're trying to make it out to be you know there's a lot of there's a lot of fuckery going on with this misinformation man and that's there's a little bit of that I have going a hard on. time just there's a little bit of that the newest of the new but there's also real shit going on okay dr peter hotez he's been on the podcast before national school of tropical medicine diseases uh tropical medicine at baylor college of medicine he's a brilliant guy yeah it says the city of houston which is known for its uh Medical schools has a large concentration of beds and research hospitals and whatnot, and they're very close to running out of all of their ICU beds. He said he so. called on the state to reimpose more aggressive social distancing restrictions. See, he's not a um, he's not a foolish person. If he's saying this, he's a legit scientist and a doctor, and he knows uh, a tremendous amount about diseases. I met him many many years ago. He kind of freaked me out because uh, we were doing this. Uh, I interviewed him for this sci-fi thing, and he was telling me that people that live in tropical climates all have parasites. I'm like, all of them? He goes, all of them. So everybody's got something. He's like, that's you're, you're living in this like soup of moisture and heat, and it's just the perfect breeding ground for all these diseases. And a lot of these third-world countries, poor folks that live in these tropical climates, he's like, they all have it. And when he was saying that, I was like, well, of course, it makes sense. There's no antibiotics no med it's probably like just a normal part of life to have all these different parasites hmm. like people used to just and their drink immune systems gets, be gets better off of it or they just live with no man maybe they it. just live with it it might be both you know some people's immune systems might be stronger but like creek water like that's what people drank man they just drank creek water and you would get beaver fever you'd get jardia it was a normal thing you know people uh like here we, we like talk about Mexico, right? People always say, "Don't drink the water. Mm -hmm. Don't mm -hmm. drink the water." Well, they're fucking drinking they drink the, water, the water all the time, right? But their their system is just more. It's more tolerant of it. It's or they're just used to adapted. shit in their pants all the time. Maybe a little bit of that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit well, of that. That's just. Yeah. But I imagine like beaver fever's got a jardia is probably killing people. I mean, you're drinking like horrible bacteria. I know people have died from E. coli. I wonder if they died from jardia. Does jardia kill you? Because that's a normal thing you get if you drink out of a creek. So your your guy that you were talking about, the the really smart guy, Peter Hotez. Peter Hotez. He says it was made in the lab. Then okay, no, that's Brett Weinstein. Brett Weinstein. Brett Weinstein. Yeah, he's the biologist. He he said he does not set, talk like that. He's not say like it was made in a lab. Mm. He's like all indications would point to. He's one of those guys, and but he's he's never like so. Therefore, it does. So that would support but the that, Wuhan lab that's yes. not far from the Wuhan. Rarely does Jardia infection. Yeah, real close. Rare, rarely does Jardia infection cause death, but each year, four thousand six hundred persons with Jardia, Jardiasis, let's say, are estimated to be hospitalized in the United States. Hospitalization uh, usually primarily uh, children under five, and dehydration are the most frequent co-diagnosis. Huh? Yeah, probably dehydrated, and then you drank that shitty water. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that dehydration. Is like one of the co-inciting factors. Like, yeah, dude. Or they that dirty water gets you so sick that you piss and shit probably all both, of the right? water out of you. Yeah, it's like babies sure. get dehydrated when they're sick, right? Yeah, that's probably better perspective. That's so more like Pedialyte's for, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Do you take any uh, electrolytes? Like, uh, with your training? Not really, dude. I just started over the last year. I started taking one of my sponsors. They sent me this uh, liquid IV stuff. Electrolytes make a big fucking difference. Really? Yeah, it makes a big difference in how quickly you hydrate. It makes a big difference <clears throat> in stopping cramps. It stops all the cramps. Well, I heard of being dehydrated. Any level of dehydration like reduces athletic output by like twenty percent or something. Which is something one of the things I've been fucking sounding the alarm on forever. forever. We gotta stop weight cutting. Right. 
guys, right. I want I want people to fight healthy, and I want them to fight for as long as they can. Look, DC had kidney failure before. I mean, that's why he didn't get into the Olympics at one point. Sure. Kidney failure. Daniel Cormier. Mm -hmm. You know, he's had real problems from cutting weight, man. It's fucking terrible for you. That's why he fights so good at heavyweight. Yeah. You know, when he's at heavyweight, he doesn't have to deal with any of that bullshit. He can just eat and train and just recover. When you're dehydrating yourself to that extent, to the extent that some guy, like Paulo Costa, mm -hmm. that motherfucker, Chael Sonnen had a video he had on YouTube. I, I urge you to go to Chael Sonnen's YouTube and listen to him talk about it. He was watching Paulo Costa. He said, Paulo Costa is 230 plus pounds. He cuts down to 185 for a fight. That's insane. That's How insane. How low does he get before it's just water? I don't know, man. You got to see the video of him now. Yeah. He looks like a fucking heavyweight. You know, because he recovered from surgery, right? So he had, um, I believe he severed one of his biceps after his fight with Yoel. So mm -hmm. he had to get it reattached. And this is a long recovery process. So uh, I guess he just got big. He's huge, man. Well, it's like Anthony Johnson. Yep. He, he was like fighting at, what, 70? 170. I remember yeah. when he was on the local circuit out here and he was fighting at 70. And then whoosh, keep going up, keep going up, keep going up. Thing is, if he can make 70 for the first you know, few minutes until his body starts giving out. Holy shit. That dude's terrifying. Terrifying. No what weight class he's in. Terrifying like, as a light like, heavyweight. motherfucker. Bro, icing people like Glover Teixeira with one punch as a light heavyweight. And he just throws everything with zero fucks. I love zero it. fucks. I love it. He's like, you're going to take me down? Whoa, I'm just fucking also, giving it. he's got an iron chin. Mm -hmm. That's a big factor. Like, Anthony can take it. You, yeah. you can't just put him out. He hit so goddamn hard, so man. Hard. The fucking uh, Minotaro punch when he clipped him with that uppercut and flatlined him, mm -hmm. he did the same thing to Glover. He just can he could take people out with one shot like nobody else in the sport. And Glover was on like a twenty fight or something crazy. Something crazy. Win chic, right? Well, he lost to John Jones before that. John Jones did some really clever shit in that fight, and he did something that I'm kind of amazed that people don't do more often. John um, had an overhook on Glover's arm, and, and they were in the clinch, and John wrenched his fucking arm up in a way that I've never seen anybody like do before. Mirror lock like mirror style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like he almost, you know, like a shoulder lock. He got mm -hmm. him in some kind of a shoulder lock, and he did it from there, right? So John has his arm, like he's got, Glover's got another, he like gave him the underhook, and John's got his arm, and John, he, see here, he's right there. And John oh, that's a mirror fucking yanked his fucking shoulder. And afterwards, Glover is telling me, he's like, oh, my shoulder's fucked. He kept fighting the fight with it, but made a big impact on his For ability sure. to throw the right hand and grapple. It was pretty, there at Savage, shoulder crank. It was pretty savage, man. It was pretty savage. And what's, what's interesting is, again, it's not, hey, let's see it. Let's watch it. Very rare, man. Look at that. Oh. And did a couple times. Dude. I mean, he's f he fucked his shoulder there. And we all have fucked up shoulders anyway. Everybody does. You know, just yeah. so bad. Such a weird joint. Yeah. And for a guy like John, who first of all has massive oh, leverage, this there. is a terrible Cosmo. Boom. Oh, Cosmo's a G. He's a Shout bad out motherfucker. Shout to Cosmo. Such a bad motherfucker. That's the dude who uh, fought Sage Northcutt in uh, 1FC. And Nobody saw that coming. I saw face. that lineup and I was like, bro, this is totally what's going to happen. They want that to happen. For sure. There's something about 1FC, and I'm not, I'm not saying the UFC wouldn't do the exact same thing, because they absolutely would. Yeah. But they would love to have those guys Come and, and have them kicked. go over there and get their ass kicked. The only one who's like proved everybody wrong, is not even proved everybody wrong, but proven his greatness in that regard is DJ. 
because DJ's still dominating. Mm -hmm. Mighty Mouse is still dominating, even over yeah. there. They're throwing their best killers at him, and he's still dominating. Yeah. But he's just so technical. He's so good. He's, he's so, so good. good. If you want to teach somebody, like, you want to show somebody what, like, the best is, like, Mighty that's Mouse. it. Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Not, no argument. Do I say the GOAT is John Jones. And I say the GOAT is John Jones because John Jones has beat everybody in his fucking division. He's never lost to anybody. You anybody. You can't look at John at John Jones and the guys he's beat. Look at Paul Costa. He's, he's fucking huge. He's fucking insane. He's huge. That is fucking insane. Look how big he is. He's so big. So Chael Sonnen's video is excellent. He says he's 230 plus pounds. And look, not fat. Mm -mm. Gigantic. So John, I think John's the GOAT. John's beat everybody. He turned back every single challenge. He's never lost once. The only fight that he has an L was the disqualification of fight. He was totally dominating. Yeah, Matt Hamill. If anything, that fight should be changed to a no contest. And, and also, that rule should be amended. It's a silly rule. It doesn't make any Super sense. Super stupid rule. It's one of the dumbest rules that we still keep. That's, again, another thing where I say, like, we all know it's stupid, but they don't change it. You know what's you know crazy, what I mean? dude? It's not even the best elbow. Like, you know it's not the best elbow. No. That's not the best elbow. Like, you're an elbow expert. Mm -hmm. You can speak to this. Yeah. It's you're stitching up great. Joe Schilling. It's not great. It's not a great elbow. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's a fun elbow for Muay Thai. Like, the downward oh, yeah. elbow is like, it's G shit for sure. It's G shit. Love doing yeah. that. For sure doing that. If you could step on a dude's thigh and ongbok him right in the fucking dump. Oh, yeah. Bang! I mean, I've never been, I'm not going to ongbok anybody, but like a jump Woo! elbow, like, I'm. Anytime I fought in Thailand, I always had at least one or two of those in the fight. For oh sure, God. I'm going to throw that. But that's not the power. That's not the most dangerous. Like they, they you know, you've told the story a hundred times, but they thought because he could break blocks ice. of ice that that it's too dangerous. <laughs> that's it's literally dangerous. what they said. But meanwhile, that that position doesn't even exist on the ground anyway. If they understood leverage of like the human body, the position of whoops, the position of standing. Oh, I just killed the light. Oh, sorry. We have this floating magnetic light that I just killed. Did I pull the thing yeah, out of the... Yeah, the plug's over there. No. Um, what was I just saying? John Jones, the goat, Mighty Mouse is... The elbow's not the best. Elbows. The yeah. elbow's not so the that, best. So that's the only reason why John Jones ever lost, is because he did the downward elbow. Right. And most people thought that stoppage was ridiculous. So like, come on, man, he just won the fight. He won the fight. You can't take it away from him for that. And that did that had almost no impact on the fight. He was going to fuck him up. He was fucking him up before that. He was going to fuck him up there. Yeah, Look. don't d they should take away that rule first of all. But two, you can't take that and turn it into a loss. That's not a loss. And it's always a gray area anyway when you do the, the elbow. And you always, the, every time I ask them about it, and they're always like, you know, as long as there's an arc, you show me an arc. But if you, you watch that this. video, you could definitely show that there was yes. some sort of arc on some angle, and it's not that big a deal. Right. And Matt Hamill was getting his ass kicked anyway. He was getting it, his it ass was not, kicked. It was not changing the impact. The, he, he was getting the fight. smashed by the goat. That's really what it was. For sure. So there's him. John Jones, this is the top of the food chain. I think just by, by results, undeniable. But then technical, it's Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse is the most technically gifted guy I've ever seen inside the octagon. I don't, I don't mean gifted in any negative way, like he just didn't have to work for it. I mean, talented. I mean, just, but he puts it together. Gifted in that he had Matt Hume for an instructor, for sure. That's a big factor, because that guy is a real bona fide martial arts wizard. And he, has been for, since I can remember. Like, ever. Always was the guy that people were talking about, you know. He knows so remember, much. Uh, Rich Franklin, was he was champ, was working with him, too. Mm -hmm. but, and, you know. Um, you know, he actually fought Pat Militich way back in the day, dude. 
Those guys were like legit pioneers, but Matt Hume's always been super, super technical. So you got DJ, who's like Matt Hume, who's like one of the great minds of the sport. And then you got this star pupil, is like the most spectacular, talented, and, and technical fighter. In terms of like just overall technique, I think Mighty Mouse is the most spectacular example of mixed martial arts I've ever seen. And as a as like a champion and as like a marketable person, never gets in trouble. Never, and a you know what I mean? Super nice guy. Super nice guy. Super you know nice what I mean? guy. Like if Plays John video Jones games. had an asterisk, that would be like his asterisk, right? But like John Jones' John, asterisk Mighty is Mose. wild motherfucker. That's what he is. Also a wild motherfucker. So be careful. He's wild. He's gonna make mistakes. He's gonna do wild, yeah. crazy shit. Right. He's also gonna open up on Mauricio Shogun Hua in the youngest ever time a person wins the UFC title, opens up that fight with a flying knee yep. on Mauricio Shogun Hua. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck does that? Like, you got to be a wild motherfucker. For sure. You got your tile fight, you're 22 years old, you're in there with a fucking legend from Pride, and you open with a flying knee and f stagger him and wind up stopping him. Whatever, right? That's the GOAT. That's the GOAT. But then you got Anderson Silva in his prime. Like, ooh, Anderson Silva in his prime was terrifying. Mm -hmm. When he front kicked Vitor in the face, when Anderson Silva was in his prime, when he smashed Chael Sonnen in the rematch, mm -hmm. even when he caught Chael Sonnen in a triangle off his back in a fight where he went into that fight with fucked up ribs, he probably shouldn't have even taken that fight. And Chael just kept taking him down. He couldn't stop the takedown. Mm -hmm. And eventually got him in a triangle off his back. And it's like, oh shit! He's I remember got the, him. the Rich Franklin fight. When oh he, my god! Be Rich Franklin. It was like no one had like, what is this clinch that he's yes. doing? What is you know? No one. Knew. Yeah, was that crazy for you to watch? Because you were already fighting Muay Thai. Yeah, and it was like, Rich didn't know how to defend the clinch, but it was still at at that level on the thing. It was fucking phenomenal. And then it, it was, was like phenomenal. This spectrum. Of it. Well, he was one of the most technical strikers ever at that point. Like, we had never seen a guy who moved that good. And I, I had seen him fight a bunch of times in pride. But then when he be, went into greatness was, like, when he was, like, 30-ish. Because that's when he started fighting in cage warriors. With uh, Tony Frickland, the mm -hmm. backward elbow. Backward elbow on Tony Frickland. And that's, he fought, um, uh, God damn it. He fought quite, oh, Lee Murray. Lee that Murray. was a big one. That was when Lee Murray was we a straight-up killer. We talk about Lee Murray every time I'm on the show. You it's have a great to. Great story every time. You have to talk about. Go ahead, finish it. Tell He's the a story. goddamn Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. Lee Murray's a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. He's a human Guy Ritchie movie. For people who don't know who he is, he he robbed a bank with a bunch of other dudes, and they got away with like five hundred million dollars. And then he jetted off to Morocco for a little bit, was hiding out over there, and then eventually got caught, and now he's in jail. It was actually at one point in time he was losing weight to try to slip in between the bars. He was convinced that if he could get down to a certain weight, he could get through the bars. This should be a this should be a movie about him for sure. <laughs> I think Guy Ritchie has gotta be on the case. Yeah. If anybody's making that movie, it's gonna be Guy yeah, Ritchie. That'd be great. But yeah. That would be great. Um But uh Jorge Rivera too, that was another fight over there. When he fought uh Jorge Rivera in, in Cage Warriors. That was mm -hmm. the one where he let him punch him in the face. You remember that? Anderson stood right in front of him. He stood right in front of him, and he goes, "Go ahead." And he punches him. He turns his head. He punches him. He turns it, and he's like, marches him down, starts kicking oh, his ass. Oh wow! It's no, crazy. I don't remember that. See if you can find that. It's, I don't remember that. It's one of those ones where uh, Mark Delagrate was in uh, Jorge's corner, and he said he's seeing him punch Anderson in the face, like, "Oh shit, he's gonna fuck him up." Oh shit, he's gonna fuck him. And he goes, "When Anderson feels nothing and doesn't even react, he's like, oh no, no. <laughs> oh no." no. 
because I mean he tees off with like several clean punches on Anderson, and Anderson's letting him do it. And then Anderson just starts marching him down and beating him up. Mm. And that that was what I was accustomed to. So like I'd seen those big three fights over in Cage Warriors. And so then when he came to the UFC and he fought Chris Lieben, I was like, oh my God, bet the house on the Brazilian. Oh, for sure. Like, here it is right here. This is the fight. And this is and by the way, that this organization, it's Cage Warriors, right? Cage Rage. Cage Rage? Yeah. That's think, right. Cage yeah. Warriors is a big organization now in right. England. Okay, that's right. Cage Rage. Cage Rage. So this and they organization- they use cargo net for fence instead of, uh, instead of chain link fence. It's a cargo oh, net. Oh, that's right. That's right. Dope. This organization had some great fights, man. Mm -hmm. There were some really big fights that came out of here where guys like these two were going at it, and then eventually Anderson rolls on to become the, the GOAT. And this was like Rivera had been fighting in the UFC with much success. He was a good guy, a very tough guy. Um, but this was, this was a fight where, you know, Anderson just kind of showed how far ahead he is. So he's standing right in front I of him, marching him down. Fight. I do remember this And fight. at one point in time just lets him start punching him. He just knew how to move away from shit just enough. And the thing about a guy that fights like Anderson, it's, you know... He's at a, such a fucking insanely high level for these three or four years. This fight, the Vitor fight, the two fights with Rich Franklin. You, like, I really feel like for an athlete, a real elite athlete, like, this is the time. Like, look at this. He's like standing in front of him in the clinch, and he's letting him punch him in the face. He hit him like three or four times in the face. Like, look at this. This is the, this is the scene. Uh. Like, he's just letting him hit him. Look. Look at it. Look at this. He's letting him hit him. And that's when De La Gratia was like, oh, no. Because no. Jorge's a big puncher. So for Anderson to clinch with him and let him punch him in the face like that, and then just start marching him down, they were like, oh, my God, how, how do we win this fight? <laughs> and this was Anderson in his prime. And then Anderson in his prime, well, you know, when he fought Chris Lieb, and that's Anderson in his prime. Right. You know, there was uh, quite a few fights where he exhibited an insane level of, of ability. Yeah, the Liebman fight was like, Oh my god, it was Holy terrifying! Shit, this dude just fucking iced you. Yeah, I had a few, um, a few friends come to that, and I was telling them like, "Dude, go bet on this guy." I think he threw like a hundred percent. Like every yeah. shot he threw was like, "Dude, dude, dude!" Yeah. Everything landed, and then finished. Yeah, and that was back in the day. They didn't know anything. Like the line, the betting lines, they were wacky. Like guys would come in, and people didn't know. I got them like that. You got to bet on that guy. Like yeah. bet on that guy. They don't know who he is. Right. Oh my God, he's gonna fuck everybody up. There was a few of those guys, but no better example than Anderson. Like they were pretty hyped on Anderson being here, but he, it wasn't nearly. It should have been like a thousand to one odds. Right. You know, that was one of those fights where you're just like, oh my God, it's a perfect style to you know matador because mm -hmm. Lieben was so powerful and so tough and he would take one to give one like you can't take one to give one with anderson silva not yeah. not that and level anderson's like slick and yeah. moves his feet and stays in and Liebman's oh. like a it's also truck like, guy you know it's not hard to hit but the way anderson pulled it off was like fucking poetry man the combinations he hit him with just poetry just you know if you're you're a fan of like beautiful timing right. and poise under pressure because Lieben's coming with nuclear mm -hmm. bombs, right? Lieben knocked out Vandalay, remember? And Lieben's thing was he's dangerous when you hit him. It was after yes. you, I mean, Lieben was like four fights or a couple fights in a row where like Lieben got like drilled and would come back probably rocked blindly Two. and knock a guy out cold. One of the was best left hands ever. There's a few fights like that. He had a, f a few crazy wars, but when he knocked out Vanderlei Silva, <clears throat> I was like, holy shit, Chris Lieben. 
you just knocked out the axe murderer. Mm -hmm. But he was that guy. If he clipped you, man, you had real problems. Mm -hmm. He's a tough motherfucker, too. But that style was tailor-made for Anderson. So I think, like, there's 100%. an argument about Anderson, too. There's an argument, like, if you look at years, you know, like, years of being amazing, there's an argument that he's, uh, I mean, goddamn. There was a few years where Anderson was just almost untouchable. Yeah, but then you look at, like, George St. Pierre. Yep. You know, like... Good argument there, too. Almost his whole career, he was untouchable, consistent. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. when he did lose a fight, he came back and, like, you know, justified it and did it well. And I think, like, he's got he's got to be up there. As, oh, he's like, got to be up there. The, at, like, every level of the, the fight game. Yep. Right, I would say right be under, under DJ. Yep. He's, he's uh, in the conversation, right? I think there's a real problem with having a GOAT. A GOAT. Because they're all fighting different divisions. Well, and it's of all time, and of yeah. all time hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, it never ends. It never ends. You know? But who the fuck is going to beat John's record? Like Chuck Liddell in his day. Was oh, like, was, bro, oh, yeah. Chuck Liddell was like my idol, my hero, you know? Yeah. He was, uh, it was interesting that Ramp Rampage was his kryptonite, mm -hmm. you know? Rampage was his kryptonite over in Pride, and it just shows you, like, it's styles, you know? For sure. Some guys have a style to beat certain guys. But just some people will figure their number out. You know, it's such a weird sport, man. There's so many things going on. You know, it's just your transition from going through Muay Thai to kickboxing to MMA. I mean, you're one of the rare guys like you and Gaston and there's a, a few other dudes who have really competed in all of the major combat sports mm -hmm. other than boxing. Well, Do you have I've, any boxing fights? I set the U.S. record for the fastest knockout in U.S. history. I'm Did you pro really? boxing debut. Thank you very much. No shit. Yep. When was this? Five seconds. Oh, man. Whoa. It was, uh, <laughs> fuck, I don't even know. Dude, I didn't oh, even know you boxed. years ago. I had like three professional boxing fights. Um, I had about 15 professional, or professional amateur fights. boxing fights. Uh, yeah, I fought at uh, um, Hollywood Park Casino. I fought a guy. I was supposed to fight. Fernando, Bar Fernando Vargas' brother, and he pulled out like the week before the fight, and they got some guy from uh, Wild Card. And uh, this guy, like, idolized Mike Tyson, I guess. He's like, uh, what is his name? Italian guy. And he had a Mike Tyson tattoo on the side of his face. Oh, my God. And he's got, uh, you know, black high tops with no no socks and the black shorts when we get in the ring. I'm like, oh my and this God. dude just looks not there, like not there, you know? Like a bad cop? Like a bad cop, like you just see him on site. Like this guy's not all there, right? So I go, it like stares me down. I go back to the corner, and my coach, we haven't been training for the boxing fight, but he's like, I was like, man, this dude's gonna rush me. And he's like, don't fucking kick him. And I was like, he's gonna rush me right off the bat. He's like, hit him. So like, in boxing, you <clears throat> kickboxing, they always like walk us to the center, kind of only like get ready to fight. Uh, boxing and MMA, that you know, you ready over there, you ready over there, ready to go. So they. He says, you know, ready to fight, ready to fight, come on through. And I take, like, one step forward, and I put my left hand out because I know the guy's going to rush me. And he, sure enough, he just starts sprinting. He's, like, running over, and he's going to throw the overhand right. And I was like, oh, shit. And I drop step through the right hand. He ran into it, knocked him out cold, and it was five seconds. It was wow. If I would have taken – it was tied for the world record at the time. or The world record was four seconds. The U.S. record was five seconds. And if I would have taken one step for one more step before I planted and put my foot out, I would have set the record. But anyway, yeah, I have a pro boxing fight. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the, the first big so there. 
the the first big uh, thing that Glory did at um, the forum. Mm-hmm. Was that the um, Last Man Standing event? That the one that you were at. Yeah, was Last Man Standing. Was that the first big event they did at the forum? First one at the forum. Yeah, that was crazy. They did Glory Ten the year before, which is when I won the tournament. I fought Artem and uh, Kengo Shimizu. Yeah, the Artem Levin fight was awesome, and the, uh, the the knee that you caught him with on the way down too was perfect. Man, I still I. I guess it didn't matter. I won, but I think I knocked him out with the Superman. And when he was falling on the way you down, woke him up? I hit him with the knee and I woke him up. Oh, I've really? done that a couple times in my career. Isn't that crazy? You could actually wake someone up with a punch. You would think you wouldn't care, but it eats at me at night. I'm like, fuck! I could have that. You know? You never know, though. That's speculation, right? Right. I don't know. Uh, you definitely another... had him fucked up from the punch too. But I felt like the knee did more damage. I felt like it helped. Mm. Want to see it? Yeah, Let's look at, absolutely. I want to get see uh, Joe Schilling drops Artem Levin, and he was a bad motherfucker, man. He's that guy's so interesting. Bad motherfucker. Interesting style, you know. Weird, like you tricky. Could, He's like a real, like a real technician. Mm-hmm. Very, very like slick. Very hard to hit. And he'll throw shit with like no telegraphing, particularly his low kicks. They come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. There's no step. He just smacks them in there on you sometimes. Like he'll do it all. He has like all these change up speeds. And if you ever watch like. Um, Fedor fight, he does like a lot of like, I don't know if you'll understand it, but like bo- Russian boxing is a little different. They have like a little different footwork and their movements and stuff. And mm. Fedor, Fedor does come of that stuff, and uh, Artem for sure does it a lot. Yeah, he's he's slick, man. He's real slick. So, this is a great fucking fight, by the way. This is the this is the very end. So Artem is real tall and he's real real hard to hit i had a real hard time reaching him with punches so every time i would throw the right hand he would lean back just out of just out of range where i couldn't reach him and uh that's why i threw the superman punch so i could jump just let some of this few, roll Jamie. a few feet farther just yeah let some of it roll you just let it roll doesn't matter my favorite knockout of yours ever though was simon marcus that was crazy. That was crazy because that was a wild ass fight. And you were had there to go four rounds. And you were there for it. Woo! You felt the the arena that night. Oh my god, dude! That gave me hope for kickboxing. It really did. It gave me a lot of hope for kickboxing. Because well. I was like, the forum is fucking packed, and the fights were wild, man. I mean, it was a wild event. When you threw that right hand haymaker and caught Simon Marcus on the chin, you see his jaw snap sideways and his mouthpiece go flying out. That was one of the prettiest knockouts ever and also because the fact the fight was so close it was so much chaos mm-hmm. that fight was wild dude and he he dropped you in the second was in mm-hmm. the second round yep second round and it was like oh shit it was a fucking war man there was so much heavy bombing on each other and this is a tournament you had to fight four times that night three times three times three times dude and we had fought twice in the past and we had a lot of a lot of Animosity. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. Tension. No. A lot of tension. A lot of animosity. We uh, just competitive drive. Glory kind of got big in the U.S. We're just after we had started the Muay Thai had started growing in the U.S. Lion Fight started doing well, and a lot of that happened because of Simon and I's two fights in Lion Fight. Like I started can't stop crazy. We started doing our own interviews. We we're like giving like talking shit back and forth. Like there was like a hype behind. I know thing. We bet our first pur- our purse for the fight. Oh wow. On uh on our first fight. Yeah, our first fight. We bet our purses. Mine was a little bigger so I matched his purse, but it was still like in the media. It was like known that we were betting our purses in the fight. It was we sold out um the Hard Rock the pond or whatever for 
was the pearl the pond the pearl right? the pond yeah <laughs> you had some wild fights with him so and then when we came back later guy, he had beat me twice beat me twice so you had to give him up your purse yeah when i lost how bad that's it was like six grand but i was only making like not only think it was that much it was like I think he made like three grand. I mean, like I went home with like a thousand bucks, which at the time was a lot. It sucked. It was terrible. And I yeah. wanted the rematch. And then we had the rematch, and there was controversy behind that too. And then years later, we fought in Glory, and it was like redemption. And then <sighs> I knocked him out in the extra round. It was oh fucking yeah, dope. fourth round, man. Yeah, I'll never forget it because after the third, I was like, what? They gotta go one more round of this because it was such a fucking crazy fight. I was gonna bring this. Up. I'm glad you brought that up. So. Remember the uh, everybody's talking about this weekend the fight where the Drysdale they were telling him to, yes. to stop the fight yes. and he was like Drysdale's like just trying to be a coach try to keep it going or whatever yes. and there's a lot of people saying if the fighter says he doesn't want to do it anymore or whatever that Simon Marcus fight after three rounds now I didn't wasn't begging my coach to stop it but I did not want to go an, another fucking round and I was like oh did I win and like, I think you're gonna have to do one more. And I'm like, fuck, I can't do one more. I don't want to do one more. I can't do one more. And my coach is like, fucking, you can do it. One more round. Right there. You are right then there. we do it. This but is it. Boom. Nope, that's not the punch. A lot of fighters experience that. And it's the coach's job, I think, to keep them, to try to keep them going. So I, I'm, on, I'm on Drysdale's side on that. But ultimately, he didn't fight anyway. They stopped it. Right? Yeah. Well, ultimately, he did. But it was um, very, very controversial. But I, I get Drysdale's position. And listen, in retrospect, like after the conversation is over, yeah, maybe you should have called it when the guy said, uh, call it. But in the moment, he doesn't know that he can't talk the guy into fighting and then maybe the guy wins. Like, you don't know right. what a person's psychological mindset is like unless you train with that person. Right. And there are some people that you can talk into performing better. Right. That said, he took a lot of fucking punishment in that second round, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he knew something. Maybe maybe it was a good thing to stop. There's some times when your body's just broken. There's some times when you shouldn't go on. And this debate, I think, is very healthy. The debate of whether or not the coach was right or whether or not the guy was right. Look, ultimately, the guy's right because he can't go on, so he doesn't, and he, he, he quits. And he's, you know, that's his decision. What he only, only he knows what was going on with his body. You remember when Gerald McClellan got criticized for taking a knee against Nigel Benn? I don't know if you remember it, but mm. it was uh, that's the fight that put Gerald McClellan in a coma and, 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 oh, and right. severely handicapped him. Right. Gerald McClellan at the time was a fucking assassin, man. He was right. so scary, but he was another guy that cut way too much weight. Mm -hmm. He cut a lot of weight, man. It was hard for him. He was really big. And so when he would get into the – I forget if he's fought 168. I think he was fighting in Roy Jones' division. He's at 168 or 175. Yet pull up Gerald McClellan versus Nigel Benn. This was the Dark Destroyer because Nigel Benn, it was a wild-ass fight too. Nigel's got crazy dreadlocks. And Gerald McClellan knocked him through the ropes in the first round because he would smash people. He would just smash people. Right. He was such a, it was a cronk guy, right? So he fought like a cronk guy, just moving forward behind the jab, big right hands, just nasty, vicious puncher. Well, Nigel Benn gets up and he makes it through the round and, and then turns into a war. And then Gerald McClellan starts getting tired, and then they clash heads. And then Nigel Ben hits him with a couple punches late in the fight. And when Nigel Ben hit him, see, like this is early on. I mean, this is look like this. Go a little earlier than this, so we could see this combination. But this was Gerald McClellan, and everybody was like real keen on him fighting Roy Jones Jr. This is when Roy Jones was in his prime, and this was like the big challenge was 
Gerald McClellan, Roy Jones Jr., everybody was thinking that was eventually going to have to happen because Gerald was just smashing people. And Nigel Benn was tough, man, fucking tough. But look at this. Boom, boom, boom. He's like he's out, man. And he falls through the fucking ropes. You could see he's like really out of it, but so tough and so conditioned that he makes it back. Look at that. Barely can get through the ropes. Got a lot of seconds there, though, right? That's probably more than 10 seconds. So anyway, and look at the referee. There's more seconds. And Gerald's still teeing off on him. And Nigel survives. It doesn't seem like he's going to survive, but he fucking survives. So then late in the fight, Nigel's making a comeback. So scooch way ahead here. And when Nigel starts teeing off on Gerald, and Gerald's punches are coming real slow, and he's getting tired, and Nigel starts connecting. And, I mean, the crowd is going fucking bananas. It is a wild-ass fight. And at one point in time, they headbutt, and then Nigel hits him with some punches, and McClellan takes a knee. And everybody's like, I can't believe this. He's going to quit. He's going to quit. And then he goes to his corner, and then he slumps and, and goes unconscious. Like, he knew something was wrong. Right. And anybody, anybody that criticizes in the moment, you know, they were saying, I can't believe he's doing this. I can't believe he's fucking, he's just going to quit. But he knew something was really off. Only the fighter knows. Right. I mean, maybe it's psychological, but maybe something's wrong, man. Maybe he can't think. Maybe his brain is just fucked. Maybe he knows he's not going to be able to punch right. Maybe he knows. There it is. So he goes down and just decides to stay down. He's like, something is fucking really wrong. He's like, out of it. And you see, this is, I mean, Gerald, he just looks, something looks wrong. Something looks wrong. You know, he's hurt bad. And Nigel Ben is moving in for the fucking kill. And he drops him there with an uppercut, and this is where he quits. See, now, this is where, like, you see him? He's struggling, man. But if I remember correctly, the commentators were shocked that he decided to stay down. Yeah. He's quit. So they said it that way. And, you know, I think they were, you know, expressing some shock that he quit and pretty pumped that Nigel Ben beat him. But they didn't know, you know, and Gerald McClellan, that injury scared the fuck out of everybody because he was, uh, you know, one of the golden guys. He was one of the guys that everybody was excited about. It was like if, if that happened today, you know, to uh, uh, Ryan Garcia or someone like that, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's, uh, you know, real exciting up and coming dude. Someone who's, um, you know, Canelo. Like if Canelo just, I guess Canelo was a bigger star than Gerald. But when someone who's of that nature, like an elite, super elite fighter, uh, winds up going into a coma like that, that's fucking terrifying shit. And he came out of it okay? No. No, no he didn't. He died. No, no, he's all fucked up. Oh, really? Yeah, he can't see. And, um, you know, there's been some videos of uh, Roy Jones Jr. visiting him. That's but apparently awful. that was responsible for Roy Jones kind of altering his style and uh, being very safety first. And really, really? yeah. And, and just thinking about eventually, you know, getting out of the sport, which is ironic, right? Because he wound up fighting later and later and later into his life. I mean, he had his right. last fight just a couple of years ago. Right. Right. It's crazy. It's a wild ass sport you're in, Joe Schilling. Yep. All the aspects of it, whether it's boxing or Muay Thai or MMA. and When is uh, Bellator going to start having fights again? I don't know. I haven't heard from them. Honestly. They're playing it safe, huh? I guess so. They don't have, they don't have a fight island, I guess. Mm. But yeah, but not, you can have I'm fights sure. with no crowds. They're letting people do that. Are they doing that? I mean, the UFC has done a few of them. Oh, man, no, UFC's done it. They test the fuck out of you. 
yeah, I was there with uh, Daniel Rodriguez. That's right. And, and uh, yeah. Eddie Bravo. Yeah. And yeah, we were tested every tested when we first got there, and then we had to take our temperature every day. And then they just they bought the bought out the whole hotel, so mm-hmm. there was yeah, yeah. I was there. We were social distanced the whole time. Yeah, I think it's um. Oh no, I wasn't there for that one. That was the Vegas one, right? Um, yeah. I think it's uh it's okay the way they're doing it. It's it's working out for everybody. Guys getting to fight. We're all getting to see that like that. So there's something about Ferguson versus Gagey to have that. In a in a an empty arena was there was something wild about it for sure there was something wild about no crowd for sure and I think you could it hear added everything I think it added I mean I don't think it's the right way to do it I think it's best with a crowd but it's not a bad thing to have no crowd no yeah it's mean maybe guys could fight better too there might be guys who can like stay more calm because there's less energy yeah for sure I could see a lot of people feeling that way probably yeah probably right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But God, because God, God damn, they've had some fucking wild fights. That Gaethje uh, Ferguson fight was insane. What insane. a fucking fight! How insane. do you not? How do you watch that fight and you're not a tremendous fan of both of them after that? Both of them. Both yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean, both of them. Dude, Gaethje is a stud. The fact he just figured out, he just figured out how to just take a little bit off, take a little bit off, step away a little bit sometimes, come in at angles, faint sometimes. Don't just maul people because he was just he was breaking people's will before you know i think trevor whitman and his relationship is is like really special and yeah that had a lot to do with it and the, him being able to say exactly what he needed to hear to do what they did it was really it was really impressive there's that for sure really impressive. Wh- Whit- whitman's a bad motherfucker and he's mm-hmm. very smart and he god he loves gauging he loves his athletes and he loves the sport no mm-hmm. doubt about that Wh- you know trevor's a wizard he really is but gauging something special man Something special about that kid's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's his body for sure. He's got, you know, awesome skills. One of the best like leg kickers in the clinch I think I've ever seen. Right. Like he knows how to like while you're tying up in the clinch, he'll fucking <laughs> just a little little step and a, a nasty leg kick. He's and fucking a, a gas tank and a workhorse oh. and a fucking throwing bombs and like and walks to the cage. Like uh, he's getting to his truck to go to work in the morning. Like there's almost like there's no emotions. There's nothing, no nerves, no weirdness, no craziness. I don't remember the exact quote, so I'm not even going to bother saying it, but it was something fucking iconic as fuck. He was talking about the fight. He's like, he's either going to knock me or I'm going to knock him out. And that's yeah. just the way it's going to be. And it was, he said it way better than that, but yeah, it was like, not it was bragging. no way you could read it and not respect the fuck out of them. The way he said it, it was dope. And that's the way he fights too. Yeah. I he's mean, a cool dude. Even the fights that he's lost, the Poirier fight and the Eddie Alvarez fight, fucking amazing fights, man. And he almost lost the Michael Johnson fight. Mm-hmm. Michael Johnson had him buying real estate on Queer Street. He was dancing all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it was wild that he survived that because Johnson has a nasty left hand. And he clipped him with several punches, like big shots. He had Gagey wobbled, like real wobbled. That's one of those fights could have easily gone the other way. Mm-hmm. He, Johnson could have caught the him with Poirier one more fight shot. Too. Mm-hmm. The Poirier yep. fight was – anyone could have yep. had that fight. Anyone could have had that fight. And Poirier's leg was shot, man. Mm-hmm. He chops legs like nobody, man. Crazy because he came out as a wrestler. Wrestler. Never wrestles. No. Never wrestles. Doesn't wrestle anybody. <laughs> but that's what makes him so dangerous for Khabib, right? Because Khabib is the wrestler who always wrestles. Obviously showed he could drop Connor. Obviously shows he's fast as fuck with his hands on his feet. He's dropped guys before. But he's not going he's not a kickboxer in the sense that like Gagey is. Right. When you see Gagey fighting, he's basically a kickboxer. 
I mean, with a wrestling background and skill so that you can't take him down. So he's forcing the kickboxing, but he stands straight up. You know, he's standing like a, a, a striker. Mm -hmm. He stands like a striker. Like, so does uh, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. He stands straight up. Man, his striking is really, like, really good. Nasty. Really good. His fight with Nate was fucking awesome. Nasty. He's so good, man. So good. So clever. So good. So funny. He's hilarious. Mm -hmm. he's I think funny. he's hilarious. I really, I really like both those he's, guys. You know what else he is? He's fucking mean. That's a mean dude. Mm -hmm. There's something like when when they asked him about the Ben Askren shot, was it necessary to punch him again on the ground? He goes, it was super necessary. Super necessary. That became like a big hashtag, super necessary. It's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. But hey, man, he's in the fucking hurt game. You can't play your bullshit. For sure. Nonsense in and the if, hurt game. And if everybody's picking a uh, a gimmick or whatever, and they're trying to push, and everyone's trying to be Connor, why not be yourself? Who's fucking like, yeah. just mean? <laughs> you're you're mean. Yeah, and super Dope. talented. So just talented. Slick. So much experience. People don't know that guy knocked out Eve Edwards with a head kick in Bodog. Mm -hmm. Eve Edwards. Eve Edwards is a slick striker, especially back then. That was Eve Edwards when Eve Edwards was arguably the best 155-pounder in the world. That was after he knocked out Josh Thompson in that highlight reel mm -hmm. where he throws that, that round kick off spinning the spin. Back fist, yep, yep. Spinning back fist. Spinning back fist, and he throws a round kick and catches him right in the neck. It's still like the UFC's like, yep, little yep. clip. And it's Josh fucking Thompson. Josh is one Thompson. of the toughest guys to ever live. Another monster. Another monster. I mean, that was the last guy to knock out Nate. Before, yeah. Uh, before kick, yeah. yeah, before Masvidal had stopped him, he was the first guy to ever stop Nate. Right, you know, and Josh is as good as it gets. You know, when when you see that fight, I mean, that was two guys who easily could have done the same to each other, mm -hmm. and just timed it, played out Eve that way. Wait, landed the perfect shot, and it was a neck kick. It was just fucking spectacular. At that time, Eve was thought to be absolutely one of the very best fighters in the world and probably the best 155 pounder alive. Hundred percent. The UFC changed the division. They gave up the 155 division back then. I remember it. It was very disheartening. Yeah. Because I was like, there's so much talent in this division. But they were hemorrhaging money, man. This is all pre-Ultimate uh, Fighter. They didn't know what they were doing hmm. in terms of, like, the future. They were $44 oh, right. million yeah. dollars in debt. They were like, what are we doing? Are we going to sell this? Are we going to keep it? They just had their balls, though. Lorenzo Fertitta, Frank Fertitta, and Dana White, all three of them have balls. They were just like, let's just, let's just ride. Let's let it ride. They were calling Dana up going, look for a buyer. Let's find a buyer. we got to get out of this. Like, we're not going to lose our family's fortune. We're $44 million in the hole in this cage fighting shit. Obviously, this is too brutal for America. They're not really into it. But then they figured it out. That Ultimate Fighter show, they financed the whole show, paid for all of it, paid for the whole thing, paid to be on the network. And then, boom, that one final fight with Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. And these two crazy fucks are beating the shit out of each other. And it is a wild melee of a fight. And the, the viewership just keeps going up during the fight millions and millions of people watched during the fight like tuned in extra people tuned in because people were calling their friends like bro you gotta, yeah, watch, you gotta this watch this shit. shit this is nuts and this spec people didn't even know what it was like what is this what do they got little gloves on what is happening here well, before the ultimate fighter there was fans of ufc or cage fighting or whatever but they didn't really get to know who chuck liddell was that right. much you know they didn't get to know those people and then with the ultimate fighter it was yeah they you got, got to, to know, know these people. There was like a, a thing that grew, and then you saw this insane fight. It was yeah, couldn't have played out better. Yeah, I mean, couldn't have played out better. God damn, they nailed it. And then boom, and that was a Craig Pelligian show. He was the guy who did Survivor. Like he knew how to do. 
those reality shows. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, dude, he's a G. <laughs> he's one of the like the the greats in terms of that genre. That that guy knows how to make those fucking shows. That's why it was so good. You know, it didn't feel like a clunky reality show. It was a fun reality show to watch. And so that all oh they're bringing it back by the way, Paulo Costa. And Israel Adesanya. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Holy shit. Okay. Tell me you're not going to watch that. I'm for sure going to watch that. That fight is a wild fight, man. Yeah. You know, because Izzy. I want to see Izzy and John Jones, though. Honestly. I, I do, too. Him. I do, too. But Izzy and Costa has to happen, man. For sure. When you see what Costa did to Yoel Romero, walking down Yoel Romero. Yeah. Who the fuck walks down Yoel Romero? There's a picture I put up on my Instagram of him head kicking Romero. I mean, just clean. Just mm. clean. Shin to the head. And you see Romero's crazy skull like turned sideways. I'll tell you something that Dana White told me. He, um, Yoel had uh, uh, an injury in one of his fights. He had some sort of fractured orbital. Some some sort of minor fracture of his, uh, around the bone around his eye. After the fight. Yeah, after the fight. During the fight, he got it, right? After right. the fight, they sent him to a doctor. The doctor calls the UFC and goes, where did you find this guy? <laughs> and they go, yeah, he's a stud, right? He goes, no, 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 you, you don't understand. Like, I've never seen, the guy was like, I've practiced medicine for almost 50 years. He goes, I've never seen a person who's built like this. He said the tendons in his eyes are three times larger than a normal person's. Like, here's it. Is that it? Well, that's one of them. He head kicked him several times. But there's one image there's an image that I had on my Instagram that is it's so crazy. He just, uh, just kept beating him down. Head kicks over and over. Oh, this over is the entire again. thing, bro. He just there it is. That was the one that was on my Instagram. He just head kicked him over and over again. Look at that. That's the picture. What the fuck, man? The guy's just made out of metal, and all the guys who fight him say that too. Like Luke Rock. Look at that. I mean, come on, man. He just Jared. Brunson just clanged his shin off in of his head. Back of the head. In yeah. The back of the Crazy. head. Crazy. Uriah, Uriah Hall and him are going to fight. That's a great fight. August 22nd. It's a good fight. He's, sure. he's the most terrifying specimen. So the doctor was saying, like, what is going on with this guy? Like, the, he's built like no person I've ever seen in my life. And so what the UFC was trying to figure out was Cuba has always had a very aggressive athlete program. And they've been involved in all kinds of weird shenanigans. And they're tightly connected to the Soviet Union, particularly back then. And he was on the Cuban Olympic team. And, uh, you know, the Soviet Union has done some really weird shit when it comes to, you know, like experiments on athletes. And you, you, you saw the movie Icarus, right? Did you ever see that movie? I don't think so. You need to see that I movie. I might have seen it. It's, it's about, Tell me about it. this guy who uh, is... He's work. The guy who made the document. What what is uh, Brian's last name again? The guy who uh, made it. Pull up the image of it. It's a Netflix. Icarus. Focal. That's right. Sorry, Brian. I smoke too much weed. Uh, so he's. This is what. So what he decide. What Brian decides to do is film himself uh, competing in an endurance race, a bike race. And then do it the next time, next year, juiced up. So he does one year, and he does his whole thing, and I then he gets in touch. It's, it's an amazing documentary. Then he gets in touch with this Russian guy who's going to teach him how to do it. And this Russian guy works for the Russian anti-doping agency, or whatever mm. they call it over there. And the Russian guy, in the middle of this happening, in the middle of doping him up, 
it turns out that they catch the fact that the Russian team had basically taken, in the Sochi Olympics, they basically taken all of the piss that was the, like the clean pit, the, the piss that people had uh, samples, they removed them through a hole in the wall and replaced them with clean piss. So every single athlete had their piss swapped out. And this guy, who's the Russian guy, is explaining this all to this Brian Fogel guy. While this is all going down the news, he just stepped in shit. So this is all going down in the news that they caught the Russian, the, the Russian sports, whatever the fuck they are, they figured out these there's micro scratches inside these bottles that indicate that they were these removal unremovable bottles had actually been removed and they figured out how to do it with some sort of a tool but the tool left scratches on and they figured this out and then they found this hole in the wall like a hole that big where they would I would hand you some dirty piss you'd hand me some clean piss I'd replace the piss and so they did that with all the athletes so all the Russian athletes most likely and were juiced to the fucking the gills no 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 they did it <clears throat> the athletes just pissed but his perspective was it was their job to be on steroids. They all were on steroids. Mm -hmm. This wasn't like they didn't get to choose. It wasn't like they're cheating. Like the government is making sure you cheat. Right. And they're going to take care of you. Right. Dude, it's crazy. Crazy. It's an amazing documentary. So what happens when he everybody what's He has his to go to the witness protection program. So the guy like, comes to America. Oh yeah, everybody, everybody's smashing. Oh no, no. He actually got injured a bunch and actually his time sucked on the second one and I think his battery broke. Like like uh, so, something <laughs> broke on his his bike, something fucked up on his bike too. Like he had some problems, and so, so he didn't wind up doing that, that well. That steroids work, and instead he proved that. Well, he proved that he gets injured, right? But okay. along the way, I mean, he didn't. You know, he didn't plan. He planned on doing really good on juice, but he just got fucked up a bunch of times, and he wound up being hurt and didn't perform that well. It won the Oscar for best documentary. Oh damn! And it should have. It's amazing, but once he did it. Um, and he, he starts interacting with this Russian cat who's teaching him how to do all this stuff. What is the guy's name? Grigorov? Yuri? Yuri? What's his name? Um, Grigorov? These goddamn Russian names. Oh, there it is. Okay, Grigory Rodchenkov. Yeah, that it is. So that's the guy. And, um, I mean, he basically spills all the beans. So once it, he realizes, like he's on the run. By the way, they take away his family's money. They take away all. The, they take away their home. They made him homeless. They made his family homeless. He had to leave behind his wife and his his kids. Like he's he's fucked. Like it's not good. It's and insane. he's hiding in America. He's probably in South Dakota right now, in a dive bar with fucking four goons standing over his shoulders, looking out for Russians. I mean, he's fucked. And and he told the whole truth of how they did it, why they did it, the way they've done it always in the past. And it's not a coincidence that Russia. Like, the amount of gold medalists they got from that one Olympics was just staggering. And then the Olympic Committee removed them from the next one. Like, they, they weren't able to compete in, like, a lot of the sports. They weren't able to compete in the next yeah, Olympics. They, they, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But he was also detailing how crazy it is that the Olympic Committee and the World Doping Agency, the WADA, is it WADA? Whichever one it was that test them. They're all, like, they work for each other. Like this guy will go to work for there, and that guy will go to work for right. here. They all they're all buddies. We're friends over here. Right. Carl Lewis, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a good guy. Get rid of that piss. Here, take my yeah, piss. I'm take clean. My piss. And you know that was one of the things that they had said about like Lance, you know, like Lance Armstrong getting tested for Tour de France. Like hey 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 hey, fucking everybody's on it. You got a dirty sport, man. 
Like, if you want to take away Lance Armstrong's, what is it, a green shirt or something like that? What do you get? Yellow jersey. Yellow jersey for being a bad motherfucker on a bike. If you want to give it to the next person in line, 26. it was like 18th place. Uh, it was like 26 or <laughs> was something. It? It was something fucking astronomical. <laughs> Bill Burr had a great bit about it. He's like, our psycho is better than your psycho. Right. Like, that's what it is. You're all a bunch of fucking nuts. You're all taking drugs. Like, like the, from Russian, from the Russian perspective, those gold medals were worth it to them to, oh, yeah. to fucking ruin that guy's life for lying about it, right? Yes. Well, they want to kill him. For sure. They wanted to kill Rigorov, whatever his name is, the Russian scientist. They wanted to kill him. That's why he's hiding. He's probably going to have to hide for the rest of his life. I mean, this is just the, the, the life he chose. Terrifying, man. Just really terrifying. But also the same thing that happened in China, the Beijing Olympics. Chinese won, like, they won so many gold medals. Yeah, wasn't it like uh, <laughs> they had, like the little tiny gymnastic girls were on juice or something? They all fell, oh, right? Sure, it was, it was like sure they were on juice. All the, uh, oh, the ballerina chicks, like the <sighs> walking on the beam. Can you imagine juicing up a little baby? Like, you're going to do the best backflips, honey. Take a little of this Anadrol 50. Get a big old we're fucking... Gonna, we're going to band your feet up really small and lose all your toes so that you can stand Ooh. on your toe better, you know? Did they do that? They had, yeah, there used to be a thing like um, China would, they would take babies and when, when they're females and baby or whatever, they would like tie their, their feet up really tight so that their feet would not grow and they'd be really small. Yeah, but that was just for aesthetics, right? It was like a sign of... Something. Yeah, so like, like a lot of the little women, feet. Like the old women can't walk because their feet are tiny because whatever. Because <sighs> have you ever seen the images of the feet when they bind them? Well, you're about to, sure Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese foot binding. That's like a, people do weird shit, man. Like I have friends who have those big ear holes. Like that's okay. Shout out to Boogie, my friend Richie Martinez. The big. Uh, He's got big gaze. old ear holes. I had a student at the gym that. I'm like, bro, you can't spar with that. You're not going to be able to fight like that. He's like, no, it's cool. And he would take the big hole and flip it over the top. And oh, my God. And like a ring of itself. God. And I'm like, all right, you can spar, but. Look at that lady's feet. You look terrible. Bro, look how her toes are tucked under her right? feet. So her little toe is tucked under, and she stands on her toenail. And it's dug into a groove in her foot. Just goes to show you how flexible people are and pliable. Like, look at her. There's her standing around with her husband. He's like, hmm, still too big. <laughs> look at that. That's so nasty. Look at her feet, man. Go, that's a little juice for her? Go back to that other picture of her with her feet out. That's crazy, man. Imagine doing that to yourself. That has to hurt like hell. She's looking down on him. Yeah, and it hurt like hell for... You know, years. Yeah. Right? Forever. Right. Well, yeah. Just to the process. Oh, yeah. To get to that. To, start, to get to that, yeah. Well, that's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that they do that. But, and look at those little tiny shoes that she's wearing. I mean, it is absolutely crazy, but it's almost crazier what they used to do to heads. Like uh, in ancient cultures where they would flatten heads out to make them look like aliens and stretch them out. You ever seen any of that? While they were alive? Yeah, when they were young. They would take babies, and while the, the the children were young, and one of this is a really freaky thing when they started finding these skulls. They're like, "What are we looking at? Are these aliens?" They were trying to figure it out because your skull is a lot more pliable than you think, especially when you're young. Yeah, the baby is really really soft. So they they developed this like thing where they would put like planks on the side of the kid's head, and fucking clamp it down, and they would stretch their head out. Like an alien. Because it's like nobility to have a large skull or something. I don't know, man. I think it's 
I don't know. When Africa, they put like those gold, those weighted rings around mm-hmm. the women's neck, and then it looks like their neck is really long, but really they just like compress their shoulders down. Yeah, farther, and they have like. And it's super bad for the neck. Like, oh, if you take sure. that shit off, your neck's your head's gonna fall oh, off. For sure. Like that's holding your head up now. For sure. They probably snore terrible too, right? Yeah. With all those rings. Mm. You got anything for me? Yeah. The article said that it's uh, the. The reason why they did that was similar to the reason Victorian women would do the waist stuff. It was like a status symbol. Mm. So like three inches was the best for feet. Four inches was a little better. Five inches and above was like, ah. Look at that waist. That's so gross. And wasn't there another time, I think maybe it was before this, where like (gasps) being fat was like a sign of nobility or whatever. Yeah, man. So if you were fat, you were like a fat chicks were were the thing because it showed you had money. Yep, yep. When I was in Thailand... The guys would always wear like white, white powder all over their face, like bleaching powder, because if uh, if you were too tan, then it showed that you were like a worker and you worked outside. So everybody would always try to like bleach their skin white. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Oh, that's dark. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I know. And they would always have like a umbrella. They didn't want sun. They like hiding from the sun all the time. They didn't want to get too dark. Nurse Rachel, the Filipino lady, she was explaining that to us. That that's uh, one of the reasons why people like glutathione. Glutathione apparently can uh, make your uh, skin lighter in some doses. What else is glutathione for? Glutathione is uh, something that helps you recover from uh, alcohol. It helps your body process alcohol a little bit better. It's got a bunch of functions. I'm the wrong person to ask. It's real good for you. You want uh, liposomal glutathione. It's the best in terms of like, unless you get IV, but you could take it as a supplement. But it's good for, it actually helps you get over hangovers and shit. Mm. Doesn't completely do it, but it gives you like a little extra boost. So you get like the hotel room IV in Vegas. That's what they're giving you. They're giving you glutathione if you ask for it. Yeah, you should ask for it. If you want to get one of them hotel IV jammies. Man, Jamie and I get one once a week. Really? Yeah, we get IV um, vitamin drip, and we get uh, NAD. It's NAD. NAD. Uh, here we go. I'll fuck <laughs> that up. You think life. I fucked up that Gregoria guy's <laughs> name up? <laughs> Let me fuck up NAD for you. <laughs> what, is what does it, it do? What is it um, for? It actually helps keep you younger. It helps keep your body performing younger and maybe even lengthens your telomeres. Your telomeres, which are an indication or an indicator of uh, your age, as your telomeres get, uh, as you get older, they get smaller, they get shorter. And this stuff apparently can somehow or another lengthen it. NAD has two general sets of reactions in the human body. What does NAD stand for? Was it, does it say what it stands for? Oh, it's like- it means something. It's like short for, does it say? What's that, what's that picture right there? Yeah. Does it? does it break down what it those I know things it, are for? It means something. It has a name. Doesn't it? Can you Google what does NAD mean? Oh, there it is. Nicotinamide endonine dinucleotide. That was pretty good. <sighs> I'm tired though now. You read that way better than <laughs> I would. I used my monkey brain and now I'm tired. Helps turning nutrients into energy as a key player in metabolism and working as a helper molecule for proteins that regulate other cellular functions. This is like a normal thing that lots of people have, or this is like the special Joe Rogan secret sauce? You can get it. They sell it. People can get it. It's not cheap, but it's very good for you. You feel great. Hmm. Yeah. It's just uh, I'm getting old, 
and I'm, I'm willing to try anything. <laughs> when you're like 52 and you still like working out, you're like, okay, what do I have to do? What else you got? What do I have to do? What's the new new? Yeah. And I'm only willing to do so much because if they're like, well, you got to drink water and no more alcohol forever. I'm like, hmm. Hmm. or, or what's the other option? Mm -hmm. I live less, but I enjoy uh, it more. You drink a little more water and you can still drink alcohol. I have a complex life. I need a little booze every now and then. You I know, really do. I'm I need a you. break. I need a break. I need a break from responsibilities. I need a break from anxiety. I need a break from just thinking, from people's opinions, from war, from chaos, from arguments. I mean, it's crazy times right now. If I didn't, couldn't yeah. just smoke a joint, drink a beer, and I know. Let it, let it all sink in, you know? The people that don't are fascinating. Like, what are you doing with all that? Right? Yeah. How? You know what I really me. What are you what are you what are you doing? Started getting into I've got <clears throat> something here. Um I've got something here. What do you got there, Joseph? This book that I've been reading. Oh it's called Breath. Um it's by this guy, James Nestor. Fascinating shit on the importance of uh breathing exercises. Hmm. Really fascinating. Hmm. Really fascinating. Breathing exercises for what um for all sorts of things for well you know it's one of the things that wim hoff has always said about breathing exercises that you actually can enhance your immune system and thank you sir yeah, regulate huh? your metabolism this guy's a, an upcoming guest so i just got into it last night but i'm fucking loving it oh yeah what'd thank you read sir? about me before i came on uh i didn't read that you had a boxing career oh you did oh there you go i know you man it only I took, to us, read about it you. took us five podcasts to get there <laughs> i know right <laughs> I knew about your fights. I'm pushing for the record. Are you um, are you able to fully train right now? Like, what what is the rules? Not really, you know. Not uh, really, right? My gym, my gym just opened back up. And, Do you have? Uh, to, does everybody have to distance? Is like hit a bag six feet apart from each other? I think if you probably came in with a measuring tape, ninety percent of the time we are are within that. My gym is about seven thousand square feet, and the average class is about. 12 people in it right okay now. So, so you got not, a nice yeah. piece of property there and we have a huge roll-up door so it's almost open air with the fans going and stuff but we take everybody's temperature before they come in and uh you know we're not actually sparring or anything like that mm. but, yeah a lot uh, of uh gyms are starting to open up now and just kickboxing and or uh shadow boxing and hitting the bag mm -hmm. things along those lines but it's uh it's been great for me getting back because I, I was i was I'm starting to lose it there, I think, sometimes. You know, mm -hmm. stuck at home. It, it's uh, Were you working out at home? I built, like, a home gym, and I was doing my thing, and I was trying to run and stuff, but it's just not it's not the same, you know? Yeah. And then the students start coming back, and and um, it you don't see how bad they were when they came back mentally, but you see over the course of, like, a week or two of them working out every day how much more they open up, how much more normal they seem, how much happier they are. And then they start letting the hat out of the bag, like, man, I was in a dark spot. And it's like... I've been having a, an absolute blast. Uh, I teach. We have four classes a day. I'm teaching all the classes right now, and uh, I think I'm that's loving it. That's beautiful. I'm loving I'm happy it. to hear that, and I'm I'm happy to hear you're able to open again. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that we dark were, shit is no joke, man. It's no joke. Depression a big, is a real fucking thing. It's a big part of why people are so angry right now. Right. Because you know, there's a lot of people out there that you know maybe they do spin or maybe they do whatever the fuck they've been doing. They can't do it right now. They can't do any of it. And there's so many people that are like losing their livelihood. Yep. You know, I think there's a lot of people that live like corporate life or have normal jobs, and I'm not talking shit about that. But like, put yourself in someone's shoe that for 
They invested everything they owned, everything they had. They put in all their work following this American dream, this dream, this whatever dream. And for 14 years, 15 years, they invest everything in. And then this weird flu comes along and they can't do their business anymore. Through no fault of their own. Through no fault of their own. And it's like, well, they should have had some money pushed aside or saved aside or whatever. How come these giant, these airplane companies that have been making billions of dollars for years and years on end, they get a bailout? Right. They get the bailout, but but uh, Lolita's uh, fucking whatever. Well, the dirty secret fucked. is, if they don't bail out the the airlines, the airlines are not going to employ all those people, and then everyone's fucked even further. So they look at that like this is something we need because we need it for business. We need it for people to be able to travel around. We need these planes running. We're not going to be able to do it ourselves. But the dirty secret is, there's not enough money to fix everything. No. There's not enough money to pay all the people all the money that we're making during the time off. And then my, my uh, shout out to my boy John Thomas in Ohio, my buddy I went to high school with back in Ohio. He has a couple uh, pizzerias, and I think they're o- they're allowed to open back up now. But his employees, a lot of his employees, aren't coming back to work because they make more money on unemployment mm-hmm. than they ever did before. I mean, they have an excuse. If they make more money on unemployment than they were actually earning working there, and they don't have to go back to work because they could say they're scared of COVID. It's fucked. Listen, I get it. If it's I was one of those dudes, fucked. I'd be like, hey, man, I want to die from cooking pizza, bitch. I get no, it. I, yeah, for sure. I don't want to get it, especially if you're a fat guy, and you're like, I could just hang out at home and play Call of Duty and get paid more or risk my life to make pizza. Just, Fuck out of here. I still just can't wrap my brain around people still buying into all this shit. It is the fucking flu. People die of the flu every year. A lot of them die of the flu. Our friend, our friend Eve Edwards was sick as fuck. Was sick for like weeks at a time in and out of the hospital. This is back in like December. Now you're either telling me that COVID-19 was here before that or it's the flu. But now when you get, now it's, now it's COVID-19, but then it was the flu. Well, my other friend was super an- they sick. They test his antibodies though. They test. That's how they find out. They do an antibody test. Right. And then they say, oh, you did have COVID-19. But, like, I had a buddy of mine who came in here who was fucking convinced. He's like, I know I had it. I was so sick. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. He was like, what? Or maybe nope. he had a bad test. He's probably going to do another one. Did you see the... Uh... Hmm. I'm going ham on this. Could be. Did you see the guy in Tanzania? It's like the president of Tanzania. No. What did he oh, do? Oh, it's so good. Jamie, you should look this up. <laughs> What did it's he probably do? too long. He's like the president of Tanzania in like Africa, right? And uh, it's got like super thick accent. And he said, you know, something's going on here, people. They sent us the COVID, the COVID tests, and um, we tested. We took we took ten tests or however many tests, and I took the dragon fruit, and we tested the inside of the dragon fruit, and we wrote Charles whatever. And we tested it off, and it was inconclusive. And we took a goat, and I tested the goat, and I wrote his name was Sandra, and she's 30 years old and works whatever. And we tested her, and she was positive. And then I did another one with a chicken, and it came back positive. <laughs> and he did another one with a whatever. And he tested all this random f- stupid shit and right. got, like, positive, positive, inconclusive. Well, inconclusive makes sense if you're testing fruit. And positive might make sense if it's really contagious to animals. If they're, you're in an area that has a high concentration of people that have the disease, or you, you don't, you just think a, it's just totally it's a, a scam. fucking scratch ticket. There's no <laughs> way, guys, stop buying this bullshit. Ah, so this you just bullshit. think 
you just think it's what do you think those people are dying of? Is this another cold? I think it's a, it's a real bad flu and it's flu season. And mm. People are getting sick. But and you know like, that. But COVID nineteen, the thing, is a real thing. I know it's a real thing. Okay, I know so that's a real. You thing. know these people are dying in a way that's not consistent with dying from the flu, right? But, Some of them are dying in real weird ways. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's real. It's real. I'm not. I'm, I know what you're saying. It's real. You're it's fucking around lot, in a little bit of a way. I'm a little bit fucking around, and I'm a little bit. But you're a little bit like this is not that much different from the food that we do, we should have killed our society. We killed the world's whole economy. Yeah. The fucking whole world over a thing that killed that that kills less than one percent of of people. Right. And how do we get it back? How do we get the world back? How do we get it back to normal? No one knows. There's no, no roadmap. No no, no clue. One. No one. No clue. And here's about, the thing, though. This is one thing in, in support of like those hardcore business folks. Like they're the ones who want this shit back to normal more than anybody, right? They're in like deep shit right now. That's why the economy's still doing so well. That shows you how bullshit the economy is. The stock market is doing great. <laughs> <laughs> the, st the stock market. There's days where the stock market's up. I'm like, how? Well, show me your math. How is your stock market up? There's so much fuckery going on. And then it's like we're supposed to trust the who, right? And the who says one thing, and then the next day well, they say something Well, first of all, let's else. call the World Health Organization because the who is awesome. Right, right, right. Okay. You know? Right. Who are you? <laughs> who, 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 who? Come on, man. I'm a child of the 80s. The who is the who. I'm with they you. Were, they I'm were with kings. You. The World Health young. Organization. Fauci. Yes. Those people. Well, this, the, the saddest one was when he said that the only reason we told people not to wear masks is because we didn't have any. Well, and the other really shit, should well, wear them. How about the time we told him? Well, then, like a week later, or a week after, or, or before, he's like, "Oh, well, you know, masks don't actually work, but it just shows solidarity, and it's a sign that we should do this." And I'm like, "What?" And then the other chick does ninety percent of, uh, <laughs> or half of all positive tests are false positives, dude. So and this is normal. Like, it's so much fuckery going on. So much fuckery, but so much fuckery. It's going also on. they're learning on the job. You know, they're trying to figure out what this thing is and isn't on the job, and they they can't just be honest, you know, and say they just you know we made some mistakes. This is what we thought. You and know, now we think differently. But people died. Sorry, you know they can't say that. If people died in nursing homes that our government oh. made them take sick people, whether it was uh, the flu government. or whatever. Not government, yeah. New York, right? New York, that's a, that's a dark choice, man. And then Como's brother is on CNN, like I'm locking myself in my basement for 15 days and not he gets really. caught. He Come on, caught. your whole family, bro. Well, not only did he get caught, but he also did a video of him coming out of the basement for the first that's, time. Yeah, that was the, that's worse than him getting caught. That was like the, you planted and made this fake scenario and your your family's supposed to be all shocked when you come out of the basement for the first time in 14 that, days. That Fuck said, off. I agree with you. Fuck off. That said, I've worked in television and I guarantee you that was a producer's decision. That was some network executive that wanted a video of him coming out, and they had already got it planned, and he just fucking jetted over to the Hamptons, check out a spot where he's going to build his dope house, and then came back and was like, okay, we're doing it. I'm coming out of the basement. Everybody Here knows. I, go. I got in a fight with a guy on a bike. Is that okay still? Don't call me Fredo. And so he goes up the stairs like, here I am. Look at this. I made it out of the basement. I feel for him in that situation. I feel for him because I, I guarantee you that was some jackass 
from the network that had this idea to have him come out of the basement in some sort of theatrical thing. You were just deceitful or sneaky or whatever word it is to all of the viewers on TV. I don't feel bad for him. You intentionally just tricked everybody on some fake shit. They didn't have to do that. They didn't have to do that. Well, that's why podcasts work because nobody's doing that kind of shit on podcasts. You know, they realize you don't have to. You don't have to pretend. Mm -hmm. Just say, yeah, I went to the Hamptons. Probably shouldn't, but I stayed away from everybody. My right. wife's already around me anyway. And right. then uh, some dude in a bike just came by, and he was being a dick. A I was dick. like, yeah, bro. I'm just looking at my house spot. I'm building a dope house, you bike-riding dick fuck. If I survive this fake here. COVID shit, I'm going to fucking live right <laughs> next door to you. He was you know, he was an interesting case, too. Apparently, he was saying at nighttime it gets really bad. But when he was on television, he looked great. Mm. He's like, yeah, it's bad at night. Okay. How about you go to bed earlier? <laughs> we don't really have it, but I mean... You know, it's part of my. Are you taking thing. vitamins? How come nobody said that, right? Bro, how come that? How, no, nobody. We closed down gyms. Nobody has talked about food, about immune system. No. None of that. That Dr. Shiva guy was saying mm. a lot of cool stuff, but nobody's saying it. So it must be something weird going on there. I don't know. Yeah, he's a weird one. I don't know if he's telling the truth or, or what. What the deal is? I started like some of the stuff doesn't make sense, and then it was like you're obviously running for some sort of office or whatever. Very um, smart. You know? That's for sure. Smart dude. Very intelligent guy. But, know. you know, he's if you're a person that questions any aspect of COVID, you're immediately pushed into this area of someone who can't be trusted, can't listen to them, got to silence you're them. A conspiracy theorist. Don't let them th Dude, they were saying that about Elon. They were telling like the Elon podcast never trended. And it, which is I'm not asking. I don't give a fuck. Like if it trends, if it doesn't. I appreciate YouTube. I appreciate this platform. I really do. I really do. But I think. When something gets 11 million downloads in a day, and there's a bunch of other videos that don't get nearly as much, but that one's not trending. Like, why isn't it trending? And how much of that has to do with his opinions on things that aren't sanctioned? And one of his opinions on things was the, the perspective on COVID, that keeping people locked up as a mandatory thing that is not good. It's not what this country was founded on, and we should quarantine people who are sick. And he's smart as fuck. And it made a lot of sense. And people don't want to hear that because they want to hear Fauci tell you wear a mask or don't wear a mask. Or I mean, these people, these these people are health experts. But we've proven that they've been wrong about multiple things. Just in the two months, they have been wrong, and they yeah. have proven that they've been wrong in multiple things continuously. Right. But if you have a, a video with Fauci and it gets 11 million views, that motherfucker will trend. Mm -hmm. Guarantee. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you. You can't do that. You shouldn't do that. I shouldn't say you can't do that because you obviously can and you did. But you shouldn't do that because it's not good. The best way to figure out who's right when someone who, especially in retrospect, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but we're looking back three months at all the times that things are wrong, mm -hmm. all the mistakes that were made. Mm -hmm. In January, the World Health Organization literally said it can't be transmitted from person to person according to China. That's what they literally said. They put it out on a tweet. Okay? Give them that. Doesn't look, Everybody made mistakes. But... Because of that, you can't silence people who have contrary opinions. Because of the fact that you have all of these people that are experts in their field that have made mistakes, you cannot discount someone who's clearly a fucking super genius who's also looking at this from an additional perspective. Here's another perspective. Here's why don't we just quarantine the people that are at risk? Why don't we quarantine people who are overweight, quarant instead of the whole population? Then 
Step two, let's figure out what the fuck this is and, and how to take care of it and take care of everybody. But give people the opportunity, if they choose to take a risk, to, to take the risk. You can't force them to, to tank their business. I mean, maybe the hindsight's twenty twenty, but that sounds like a logical thing that should have been said from the jump. Why do, why do we have to make that this huge is why. mistake? This is why. Because we thought it was going to be way worse. We thought it was going to be worse than it is. We thought it was going to burn through the population and kill 10% of everyone. Sometimes those things happen, and sometimes they mor they morph, right? They evolve. Viruses can change. They can they can change as they're going from person to person. And they really believe that the virus that we got on the West Coast here is actually lighter than the virus they got on the East Coast. They think the virus that came from Europe is probably more deadly than the virus that came here. Why? I don't know. But there's a bunch of other factors that they never take into consideration. You never hear people talking about vitamin D, going outside, taking care of yourself. Those people on the other side, man. Those people in the West Coast, or East Coast, rather, they don't get any sun. Do you ever live in New York? Mm. Bro. Been there, though. But, yeah, I get that. It gets dreary. And they're just considered, like, right on top of each other. Uh -huh. and every sub subway, everything. Yep. Think about the subway rail when you walk up the stairs. Oh, gross. And also in those subways, just everybody's breathing everybody else's air. Yeah. There's no way around it. You have to breathe their air. But the big thing, like, uh, you know, I lived in... in uh, Boston. I lived in Newton when I was a kid, and I remember uh, Newton was a nice place, beautiful, beautiful neighborhood. But I remember the winter time was so depressing. Just look up at the sky, and it was just gray. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't see any sun. I mean, the sun came through the clouds, but you never saw a blue sky. Like for months at a time, it was just gray, and everybody would get bummed out. And people would get real shitty with each other. Did you notice, like, uh, when the quarantine first happened, like, the first two weeks, it was just draining all day, every day. My backyard was flooding. It was, yeah. like, terrible. And it was, life is awful. And then all of a sudden, the sun came out. And it was like, mm, a couple of days off. It's yeah. not too bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, having a day off and it's raining sucks. Awful. Yeah. Awful. But But not that bad for us. Because at least we can say, oh, we need this rain. Right. Like, this is a good rest day. We need this rain. We're, we're in a drought right now. It's real bad. But if you live in Seattle, every bro. day, every day, Seattle, I love you people. You guys are beautiful. I love your attitude. I don't like the Chaz situation. I don't think that's wise. But what's your thoughts on Chaz? But I just want to tell this people, Seattle, <laughs> get out. Go. Just go. There's just a reason go, why it's going man. crazy. It's filled with homeless people. Everyone's tired. They're depressed. Go. You don't get any sunlight. It's not good. You need sunlight. That shit's terrible for you. My take on the Chaz situation is they're doing exact. I was talking about it with uh, Colian Noir the other day. They're doing exactly the same thing they get mad at when they think about a country. They put up walls. They, they have borders. They have police and enforcement. They beat the fuck out of people. There's been murders inside. It's not all kumbaya. You know? It's like you just made a shittier, smaller version of a city. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> but it's got borders. A regular city, you could just you could just drive in at Albuquerque. They let you in. <laughs> Jazz is like, fuck you. We got border walls. You can go then to San Francisco and just drive barrier. in. No one can come in here if we have a oh plastic barrier. How crazy is that? How did that happen? They're LARPing. How did that happen? It's live They're action LARPing, role playing. For sure. That's what it is. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. And they took over the They took over. City. They the took over. The LARPers. Well, they need to learn. You know, I mean, there's there's a thing that happens when uh, a lot of these protesters get equated with progress. 
right? Whether it's Antifa or any like, you know, real Marxist, left-wing, progressive, socialist movement, they have good intentions, right? And they get lumped in with the idea of progress. So people let them get away with stuff. They think, oh, just, they're just, it's progress. They're gonna, it's it's going to work out. It's going to work out. But they don't have a real plan. These folks don't have a long-term plan. When Seattle gave them that, just back, to, it's probably the most brilliant move ever. Like, okay, oh, you think you could do better? Why don't you go ahead? It's like, you have kids, right? When your kid's like, I know how to tie my shoes. You're like, okay, go tie your shoes. And you stand there for a minute. You want some help? I'll help you because you don't know how to tie yeah. your shoes. This is how you do it. You make the bunny ears. You go through the right. loop. Da, 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 da. Right. But sometimes you have to let a kid, I bet, uh, particularly boys. I have all girls, but I would imagine with boys even more so. They get a little stubborn. I fucking know what I'm doing, Dad. Mm-hmm. And you got to go, oh, okay, do you? Okay, Chaz. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> okay, Chaz. Have six blocks. You guys had two murders inside of a fucking week. I just don't understand how that happened. I don't understand how the city just let it go. I think it's like a publicity stunt. And they want it. I think the city or oh, they lost in charge power. of that. There's a lot of them, them, man. Letting them do that. But they're not being overrun with like guns and, and bombs and well, bullshit. This is like, we're going to let these guys have it and then we're going to, you know, let this fail. Like, I don't even know. It just doesn't make well, any sense to me. It seems like a joke. If you talk to people, my friend Rob Wolf reached out to me because some folks from the Seattle Police Department reached out to him. They're trying to get their message out. They're trying to figure it out. And essentially they were saying that the media is not telling the true story. And that the true story is every time, like the, the media will show them tear gassing people. They don't say that they had set up boundaries and they said, you got to stay out of the precinct. You got to stay out of this area. You guys, you, you can't just in, invade. And every time they put up these boundaries, they would push through and viol- And then they had to use tear gas they felt to defend their position and then they eventually had to give up the whole precinct and then they had to give up like six blocks and they don't feel like there's a lot of support for their position in the news and they also don't feel like they're they're being given the freedom to defend it properly like they they really they couldn't they had to get out of there that's why they took that's why those people took it that's why it's still locked down today and the mayor has been saying lately uh, it's time to go home now but the mayor before gave a fucked up answer of it, like saying that peaceful protest has always been great. Maybe this is the summer of love. I'm like, oh, okay. Good luck, lady. Like these ideas, they get connected with progress, right? So those people who really want better, right? They're angry that George Floyd got murdered, but we all are. Every normal, rational person's angry. They all want to fucking see change, but we all do. But they decided to see change in six blocks of Seattle that had nothing to do with George Floyd. They just took over. And they took over these buildings. So they basically did what Columbus did. They came and took over an area, but they then they did what Trump did. They put up a wall. I mean, and then they did what those cops did. They beat the fuck out of people. Yeah. I mean, they they, they ruined their own idea within a couple of weeks. So it really was like Seattle just going, go ahead. Oh, you know how to do better? Yeah. Oh, you're going to do better? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And now they're like, it's time to go home. But there's, you know, there's people in there that are armed. It's not that simple. You know, I don't know how they think they're going to get these people out of there. Because you can't even get homeless people out of San Francisco. They've basically taken over Portland. Portland's filled with tents. San Francisco's nuts, man. It's nuts. You drive down the street in some neighborhoods in San Francisco, you see like multi-million dollar houses, and there's five tents in front of the house. You're like, what is this? What is? This? You can't litter. You can't throw beer cans on the ground. How come you can leave a tent and a fucking little camp stove and a, a bo- cardboard box filled with bullshit? 
And everybody's just waiting for somebody else to come clean the tent out in front of their yard. Everybody's waiting to fix Joe, a solution. Joe, what would you do if there was three tents in front of your house? It's a good question. I don't know what, what, would, what I'd do. What would I don't you, want to go Joe to jail. Do? I don't want to go to jail, so I don't know. Probably hire somebody to clean it up. I don't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to do. What, are the, what is the law? Can my kid not play in the yard? Because some, it was, someone threw a, a fucking heroin needle in the yard, and he's got a tent right there. And if you're in Venice... And you got this little little tiny patch of grass where your kid can play, and your kid runs into a heroin needle that someone chucked over the fence. But we have to be progressive. We have to be nice. And people equate. No, bro. You go knock on the tent. Hey, man, you can't have your tent here. Get the fuck out. I'll fucking do that. No, bro. no, actually, you won't. You're gonna get the fuck out. You're gonna Listen, get the man. fuck up. Nope, gotta go. I'm a crack baby. All right. <laughs> Later. <laughs> you gotta go. I'm looking at the Seattle I'm, News. I'm, and about leaving. Said they're gonna leave. Today, there's like an official uh, capital protest zone says they're <clears throat> it's concluded as of tonight, and they expect some people to not actually leave, but they're saying it's over. See, I think somebody else funded that. I think that was a big joke. I think that was like a who do big you think funded thing. it? I don't know. Probably somebody in a deep state or a, yeah, a, whatever. Right? The guys that fund all the other stuff yeah. think it's crazy, right? The, the guys who throw Epstein witnesses out of buildings. Right. How does that money go around? Who gets it? It goes in Bitcoin. <laughs> They buy tacos with it. I don't know. You know but I think it's, people are are funding it, and, and I don't know. There's so much shit going on that I, I can't just blindly believe any of these narratives anymore. It's just beyond to me. It would be crazy if we found out there was some sort of a weird ulterior motive for letting them take over and that this has all been planned out in some sort of a strange way. People think, there's some people think that this civil unrest and that even encouraging the spread of corona would you know by letting people protest and not doing anything to stop it is actually some sort of a nefarious attempt to make sure that all the elections are mail-in ballots so they can monkey with them you don't you don't do little shenanigans it does make sense if i was writing a tom clancy novel yeah, yeah. right yeah. that makes sense hmm. i don't know if it's true though hmm. dude i can barely pay attention to the shit i do yeah, my left switch kicks terrible. So much, really? Yeah, so much. Fat I got you, bro. Moves too slow. I got you, bro. So it's too much of a weird come off balance. I'm concentrating on that. I can't be concentrating like, on Chaz. I like the step up over the switch. We could work do on you? that. I'll tell you what. I'll show you that. Why do you, you like the step up over spinning, the switch? He'll kick. Okay. Because if we do the switch kick, you're staring at me. It's scary mm -hmm. time. I'm staring at you. We're about to right. fucking whatever. And then you see me jump and switch my feet. Right. You know that something's coming. You know it's coming. But if right? I just step forward with my right foot, even uh, if you tried to back up, I can make the adjustment because my foot is stepping. Mm, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But Kevin well, Ross doesn't even once, switch. But once I jump to switch, I'm stuck in that position. Mm -hmm. Then I have to take an additional step if you back up. But if I just walk forward and you move backwards, I can adjust my foot. Some guys don't like to switch, right? Some guys just blast it right from the front leg. Uh. Yeah, Kevin I mean, does I do that, that as well. It just depends on the distance. If the mm -hmm. person's coming to me, then I can do that. Right, but and if, if they're moving away, if they're you moving go away, then I walk. That step. Boom. Makes sense. What do you think about the low calf kick? How crazy is that? It that's wasn't become like so popular. A thing, and then all of a sudden, it's a thing. It's like you know? the best thing. It's like a really effective thing. My <laughs> my training partner Bomba, uh, we were both had a our, both of our last fights were on the same card, and. Uh, that was like his thing. He was like, oh, I'm going to kick him in the calf. I'm going to kick him in the calf. I'm going to kick him in the calf. And then he kicked me in the calf while we were sparring. And I'm like, hey, bro, like, fucking don't do that. Like, don't do that. Like, stop doing that. You know, my fucking shit It hurt. could ruin your shit. Yeah, it'll it's really like fuck you up. It's not like a thigh kick where you, no. like, catch a medium one and you're okay. 
If somebody and, really slams into your calf, you're fucked. And if you, it happens by just being lazy with your block. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you block correctly, it's fine. But if like, especially in like a, a sparring situation, you're just, you're lazy with your block. And then it hits that side of that calf and it's a different ballgame. It fucks it up for a long time too. The nerve, it's a weird feeling, right? Yeah. Sucks. It's like, well, then you saw like the Michael Chandler one where his whole mm -hmm. foot went numb. That and was insane. Henry Cejudo versus yeah. Mighty Mouse Cejudo, too. Same thing. Sa the second fight, same thing. Yeah, it shuts your foot off. It's nuts. And there's Triple not much C. you can do about that. He's a beast, huh? Dude. He's up there too. Undeniable. He's up there. Undeniable. I mean, you want to talk about some of the greats. The guy's an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling and then two division UFC world champion. Mm -hmm. And then smashed... Dominic Cruz smashed TJ Dillashaw, smashed Marlon Marais, and a juiced up TJ Dillashaw. EPO'd, but EPO'd. but Whatever. starving to death. Yeah, really, the true. EPO was just keeping true. him was really alive, hungry. bro. He looked worse on weigh-in day than anyone I've ever seen ever, next to Travis Luter. But Travis Luter was just trying to dehydrate too much in one day. TJ had he had eaten himself down to nothing, and then dehydrated. And then dehydrated himself. Yeah. He had eaten himself down to nothing. Like, he let his body eat itself. His cheeks were completely sunken in. He looked like he was like he was found in the woods. And that like was, he was for 35, right? 25. 20, 25. 25. Yeah, so he was the 35-pound champion, went down to, to 25. He said he took EPO just to be able to train. He was like, he couldn't do anything. But, the, you know, it's hard to tell. The alpha male guys are like, fuck you, you did. Mm. Like, Cody Garbrandt in a press conference was saying, bro, you were always taking that shit. Mm -hmm. and so he didn't say anything. it's like it's one of those things where it's like when you get caught with something like that your whole legacy gets it's gets thrown up in the air people are For like sure yeah i mean i wonder if they could retroactively test some of the samples if they kept the samples as long i don't know, you know? i don't know how long they keep that's them. how they got lance right was it yes. Lance never popped while he was competing and was after the fact right something like that i don't know if they, they ever got him i think he had to confess Really? I don't believe they ever caught Lance. I thought they took old samples and then did it. But maybe, maybe they didn't you catch might be him. Right. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. You might be right. I, I felt right. like at the time when he quit, though, that wasn't the case. I felt at the time when he, it was like he was the walls were closing in on him. And uh, he had ex-teammates testifying. Yeah, everybody was going at him. Yeah. Crazy. But again, it's just when your whole sport's dirty. Like, what are they doing now? Are they just remarkably slower? Like, what are they doing? You got a juiced up sport. If you keep the same times, I'm going to be super suspicious. Yeah, what happened the <laughs> very next, the very next, especially if the next guy behind Lance that didn't juice was 27th or something? Do the numbers yeah. just <clears throat> tack on an hour to every race? I know. I thought it was 18th, but you might be right. But it's something crazy like that. It's definitely top 10 or gone. Oh, for sure. <laughs> top 15. We'll, just, we'll agree it's over top 15. Yeah, well, that's the old days of the UFC, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to go back to the old days of pride, for sure. Ensign Inouye told me they told him on the contract, you will not be tested for steroids. He said it was I all in like... told me that, too. <laughs> Same thing. Like It was on big, bold letters, like, it will not be tested. Big, bold letters. They're like, have and, at it, boys. I think so could you. I want to say it was so could you. I could be wrong. One of those guys told me that after they got tested and pride, they would walk out, if they got tested... That there would be just 
cups of piss all down the hallway after the fight. Like they did, they didn't do anything with it. Like the guys peed in the cup and then they set it on the yeah. floor. And down the hallway it was just cups of pee all the way down. Yeah, pee in this cup, please. It's required. Okay, mm-hmm. thanks. Yeah, we got for it. nothing. Yeah, we tested for drugs, man. That turns out tested their piss. It just it just burned the results. Clean as a whistle. <laughs> when you go and watch those, some of those fights where guys were just like so juiced up, they let Bob Sapp fight at three hundred seventy-five pounds with abs. <laughs> With abs, bro. That guy. And then it, Andy's like an emotional wreck. Starts oh crying whenever. Oh, my God. Like, well, he, he, when you're on that kind of juice, I would imagine your whole perspective and reality just gets like and thrown what, into What the kind blender. of doses are those? Are there just buckets of, of testosterone in every, I would like to every ask, week? I wonder you know? if he'd be clean. If he, he would tell you. You know, like what 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 were you doing during the Minotaur right. fight? Right. Tell me about those days. Right. Tell me about what 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 it, what was going on. Krokop and his legs were just fucking enormous. Meanwhile, Krokop smashed him, even when he was like fully on the shit. Krokop dropped him. All those guys were on the shit. Yeah, you know, all those guys for sure. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. People got real mad at me when I questioned Fedor. And like, well, listen, it's not like Russia hasn't been known to do shit like that before. And when when it's in your contract that you're not testing and you're the goat heavyweight, you're the goat. Mm, Did he come to the U.S.? Maybe not so much the goat anymore. Yeah, not not so much the goat anymore. Once they were testing, right? Vanderlei, same thing. But also, also years on the clock. There's a lot of factors for sure. Of course. You know when, um, like, when he was fighting like Krokop, the early days of like Fedor versus Krokop. It's hard to argue that he wasn't the goat. He's one of those guys. Like in the heavyweight division, there was a few years. When Randaman picked him up and slammed him, and then he camorred him right afterwards. Insane. Yeah, there was a there were some fights, man. When you go like that guy's the best. He's the fucking. Randleman best. used to be a tim- terrifying dude oh, too. Oh my god! Remember jumping up and down across oh, the cage? Like, can you imagine? Like what the fuck? This dude's a gorilla. He had so gorilla. much athleticism. He was so fast and so powerful. He knocked out Krokop. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Left hook. S- stepped in, faked like a takedown, Fake cracked a him with a left hook, boom, and then finished him off on the ground with nasty hammer fist. It was horrible. I mean, that's like the six, the kickboxer transitioning to MMA's mm-hmm. biggest problem, right? Yep. Fake the takedown, yep. uh, hands yeah. job. Yep. Been a yep. lot of those. Yep, there's been a, quite a few of those. And Randleman was like, he was so perfect for that role because he was the wrestler who was a stud wrestler but also had crazy speed and crazy power with power. his punches. Crazy closing the distance mm-hmm. power. You know, like Woodley, mm-hmm. exactly. You go like the Woodley J. Heron fight, like mm-hmm. those, like or Carlos Condi, or the Woodley and uh, Robbie Lawler. Oh fight. yeah, perfect example. His, his ability to close distance Woo! and hit hit the target is second to none. Oh my God, yeah, he he would throw bombs, man. What a fucking career that guy had, mm-hmm. has had. Mm-hmm. But how good did Gilbert Burns look, man? That was crazy. I'm a big fan of Gilbert Burns. He's a stud. Well, everybody before the fight, I was like, man, I really like Woodley, but I think I think Gilbert Burns, and everybody's like, no, Woodley for sure, Woodley for sure. So. If you see the Gilbert Burns that knocked out Damian Maya, and you realize like, man, this guy is no joke on the ground, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world mm-hmm. champion, and he's got that sneaky left hook, and also like this is a giant opportunity for him. Woodley's an all-time great. If Woodley retires right now, he goes down the books as one of the all-time sure. great UFC champions, for sure. definitely top three welterweights of all time, or plus, top four. Plus there's a big difference in a former champion and an up-and-coming guy that's mm-hmm. starting to see the light that there yep. is a fucking title right there. I can yep. get to this, you know? Like, yep. I've been in those positions, and they're, 
that dude's a dangerous, dangerous dude when when they haven't gotten there yet yes. versus a guy that's still trying to keep it, you know? Yes, yes. And then uh, that's Burns. that team, uh, Sanford MMA with uh, mm -hmm. Henry Hooft. Woo! They're so killing he got it. a jiu-jitsu monster phenom, and he's working with high-level strikers every day. And What's crazy is like on a on a kill streak. Oh man, he's such on a kill streak. But it's crazy is like he really didn't strike until like just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many years he's been fighting now, but before that, like just had to learn how striking. He was a jujitsu guy. He doesn't have like a background in kickboxing. But when you watch him fight, he's all about striking. Really good. <laughs> really Real good. good. Really good. Dude, did him drop Woodley like that in the first round and swarm him? Like fuck, man. And his pace. Keeps up that pace for five fucking rounds, hard. Well, then, like between UFC fights, he's doing grappling, like still competing mm -hmm. at yes. high level grappling yes. tournaments and stuff. Like, that's a dangerous move, man. Yeah, that's a dangerous move. When Cub Swanson blew his knee out at gra the quintet, I was like, oh mm. no. And against Jake Shields, I'm like, hey, dude, mm. Jake Shields is huge. Mm -mm. He's a lot bigger than you, man. Yeah. And he got. Did you see it? it were, I, did, uh, I didn't see it. It was just... in a leg lock position. I think it was like reaping. And uh, oh, that's terrible. They were stuck in this bad position, and Cub's knee exploded. Yeah, it was. It's just a bad grappling matchup. I mean, I know Cub's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but Jake is big. He's a big guy, yeah. and he's fucking strong, and he has a long career as a competitive Jiu-Jitsu player. Mm -hmm. If you're Cub and you're like just doing real good, like you've had some wicked fights and you got a lot of momentum, and then you blow your fucking knee out in this grappling competition, you're like shit. And he's like 35, I think, in that range. Like that's a bad time to get injured like that. And if you look at it like I'm a fighter and I'm doing this grappling tournament as like a thing, a fun thing, this, a fun yeah. thing. Then you have to go in there like if I have caught in a position or this is not going well, I have to know that I'm a fighter, not a. Um, you know. Yes, you got to be willing to tap. Or quick. at the end of the day, you're just sitting yeah. there like, "What a fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck! Why'd I do that?" Fuck. Yeah, there was a, it was a lot of jujitsu guys, um, in that thing. There's, uh, there's something about those leg locks too. It's like a scary way to get hurt, because you're like, "Yikes, that's gonna be a bad one." You know, when you see someone get heel hooked and they're not tapping quick enough, and you see that look in their face, like, "Ah." You're like, oh, you ain't recovering from that one for a long ass time. Well, now everybody's like training, he training leg locks now, right? Mm -hmm. That's like a new, newer th thing, right? Like, yeah, I've been training with Eddie a bunch lately, and it's like getting used to just the Tim Planet style of jujitsu is so different. And then like the the lockdown every five seconds on my leg, I got to deal with that. And then con everybody's constantly going for leg locks all the time. I've just never, I've trained a lot of teams in a lot of ways over the years with jujitsu, and it's just. It's a real issue. It's a real issue. It's a real issue. Because there's not like a lot of room for defense in certain spots, right? Heel hook spots, like e, like inside heel hooks, bro. You got very little time to make a decision there. Are you going to roll out of this? Or are you just going to tap now and preserve your shit? Because you, you might get ripped apart. And then Eddie's warm-ups, we have to like, you know, I'm sure you know, like the A's and the B's mm -hmm. and the C's. There's like, I think it was C that we were doing. Maybe it was B. But it was like knee knee bar, ankle lock, knee bar, like uh, mm. foot, 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 these things. And that's just the warm-up of the thing. These guys are constantly working on mm -hmm. those specific, you know, style of uh, jiu-jitsu around the leg locks, yeah, foot locks and ankle locks. And it's a that. crazy time, you know. And if you look at the professional jiu-jitsu scene, if you look at the top of the food chain, like the Gordon Ryans mm -hmm. and 
uh, Craig Jones and the, the guys of that nature. They're all known for having nasty mm-hmm. leg John locks. Donahue's yep. Case. Well, Craig is an Australian guy, but yeah, Gordon Ryan, Gary Tonin, who's now a one FC guy. So oh, he made his debut. Yeah, that he's happened? fought several times. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's fought several times. He's undefeated in MMA. Awesome. Yeah, he's doing really good. Deal. It is a big deal because, you know, whenever a guy like you who's a world champion in kickboxing or a guy like him who's a world champion in grappling makes its way into MMA, like your advan- the, the advantage of your specialty is significant, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're standing up with someone, your advantage for most guys against you is pretty significant. You know, if you were just having a kickboxing fight, it'd be very significant. Right. So that's the same thing with grappling with a guy like Tonin, man. He gets a hold of your shit. You got real problems, man. He's sneaky. Quick. Quick. Did you ever see that video where it was, I think it was in Abu Dhabi, where he hit this dude with a scissor sweep right into a heel hook and like tapped him in 15 seconds? Oh, yeah, it was like immediate. Right? He just I did see threw that. his body weight sideways and fell right into the heel hook and was immediately cranking on it. And you and know. I feel like he has a couple of those, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is yeah. his, his forte. Well, he's so good defensively. This is not it, but this is similar. He did it on this guy, too. That's that's in just a grappling competition. I think he's done it in MMA as well. But he's so good defensively that he's not really worried, like, about you catching him when you go to the ground. So he'll do wild shit to get to the ground, like dive into a, a flying scissor, you know, because like, he's like, look, once we go to the ground, my Whatever. level is so high in comparison right. to most guys. I can just get away with getting to the ground in weird spots, you know. The confidence, even if I get, yeah, even if I get in a weird spot, I'm mm-hmm. gonna be, I'm gonna still end up in a better position. Yeah, his de- this is right, right here. Look at this, Whoosh, boom. I mean, come on, man. This dude tries to roll. He's like, tap, tap. I mean, that is nasty, man. He falls right into it. Right into it, bam! Ah, yeah. That feeling of sh- feeling your shit separate inside your knee, and you're like, "Oh god, damn and it's it!" It's so quick. It's so, so quick. Like you, do I even bother trying to figure out what it should know? Get the fuck off! Yeah. Stop, stop, stop! Get off me, you bitch! Know? Stop, stop, stop! And some guys would just let them rip their knee apart. There was a Gary Tonin, AJ. How do you say his last name? Agazam. 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 Who's also very talented, mm-hmm. and. uh Gary Tonin had him in the craziest knee bar where his knee was just fucked, just bent completely out of place, and he didn't tap. He just let him fuck his knee up. It's it's nasty to watch, too. And then he's out for over a year or something? I don't think like, he was out I, for that long, believe it or not. Damn. I think he just dealt with the fact that his shit was ripped up. And he had a shout-outs to him. He had a, a wild... Uh, Bellator fight. Bellator. Well, his Woo! first one was like fucking... Everybody was ragging on him. He made like a bunch of stupid faces. Didn't work out well. But like his last fight, they gave him like a tough guy that was like part of that tournament. And man, he really, he really brought it. It was good. He really brought it. It was an awesome fight. It was really good. He's super talented on the ground. Really good. And again, in comparison, like he can hang in there with guys like Tonin. In comparison to the average MMA fighter, right. he's gonna have a yeah. significant advantage for sure. See if you can fight, find that Gary Tonin taps out. His hey, name is. His name is tough to say. There it is. So look, look how bad his knee is. Dude, look at that. That is so bad. That is so bad. Mm. Look how far back that's going. Mm. Mm. And Aga's arm just handles it. Just deals with it. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Go ahead, break my shit. Like he's literally letting him fuck his knee up. Look how bad. Let me see that one more time. Look how bad that thing is bent. 
Look at that. Bro, that's bad. That's really bad. Look how far it is past straight. <gasps> Ouchie. And look how red Gary's face is. Holy shit. Gary's trying to murder everyone he's ever met. Huh? Yeah, yeah, like exactly, that, right? exactly. It's it's bending the wrong way. Ugh. Yeah, his yeah. foot is coming <laughs> I towards him. I almost couldn't tell. I, I know because like... it seems like it should be he should be facing the other direction and it's and bending he's backwards. Even posting off of his own yeah. shit, trying to get more off of that. Like how red his face is. He's going yeah. for that. Yeah, that is he's his knee is getting ripped apart there. And his head is going this way, and his foot is going that way. Not good. Not good. Super duper not good. And he's like, fine, fucking fine. Lifts his hands up, fine. Some people are just tough, man. They can handle getting their leg ripped apart. I've seen it. John Jones did it against Vitor. Vitor ruined his arm. Ruined his arm. Vitor got him in a full-on arm bar, fully hyperextended. And John's like, fuck you. I'm not tapping. Like, you can do whatever you want with that thing. I got this one over here. Remember Tim Sylvia getting his arm snapped in half? Yes, Frank Mir. Yeah. And th then the only person that saved his entire fucking career was Herb Dean. Right. Herb Dean was like, hey, 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 your arm's broken. He's like, come on, bro. Yeah, he's like, it's let fine. me fight. And, you know. You were you commentated that yes. one. Yeah. And you were like, oh, something's going on here. And then like, they watched the video and you're like, oh. Well, the audience was booing. And right. so I said, you got to show these people the video. I go, right. we, we got to see this video. And, uh, and you know, the, the audience was booing. And then they put it up on the big screen. And then when they put it up on the big screen, the moment you see it snap, people went, oh! Ugh. You hear it through the whole crowd like, oh! It was the worst broken arm I've ever seen up mm. to that point. Someone else had a nasty one in the UFC. I can't think of it. It was like a spiral, spiral fracture. Minotaro. Minotaro versus Frank oh. Mir. Frank Mir got him in a Kimura. Minotaro didn't tap. And he just, you heard it too. You uh -huh. heard it. Packed arena. You hear, mm. Ah! Mm. And you see him sitting there looking at it like, ah, ah. Yeah, look at him. Look at him looking at it like, fuck. Have you ever hit somebody with that and torn their shit? No. I did when I was, it was a long time ago. But I, I was, I had somebody in a Kimura and they were like an upper belt and just didn't think that they you were could get stuck. Them? Yeah, I thought it was whatever. And I don't even know if it was like about me. He was just not going with the Kimura sweep. It might mm -hmm. even have been a sweep. Oh, okay. And he like just refused the sweep. And his joint ripped, and it sounded like if you took like a terry cloth towel and just pulled it apart, and it's like, oh, like just, no. oh, it was terrible. Oh. And that gave me like nightmares for like weeks. Oh. It's like always in my head because it's right over you, right? It's like right in your ear. Oh, oh it's terrible. Just feel the tendons it's ripping it's apart. Terrible. Oh. I mean, if I can make that sound. Yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the rough thing about jujitsu, man. If you break something, you're like, well, now I'm out for six months, yeah. if I'm lucky. Yeah, and the ego gets involved, right? Mm -hmm. ego yeah, that's gets the a problem. Lot, there's a lot of ego in jujitsu. Oh, for sure, man. I, you don't want to let it go. I always try to go into like, especially when I, because I'm, I go to a lot of different jujitsu gyms. I'm not like a long term. Mm -hmm. guy right so it's like oh that's Joe Schilling and like I go in with no ego and there's always a guy that's gonna go like extra super hard like, this is yeah. his big his big moment you know and it's it is what it is. yeah that is a problem <clears throat> these motherfuckers in their big moments mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like bro I know it's your big day but it's just like my Tuesday afternoon but that is a problem with a professional fighter always training with civilians you never you never know you're not vetting these people mm -hmm. they're like they might be bad cops 
Like right. you have no <laughs> bad cops are allowed to train jujitsu too. If you're in a fucking place and there's a guy who has that bad cop mentality and he happens to be a brown belt. Bro, I'm so scared to get pulled over. No, I'm not even listen, lying. Let's I'm just so give the cops some to love. Get pulled over. You want you want good cops. That's we why we want good cops. Cops and, are important. And I know there's a lot of them. I think there's more good cops than bad. I really believe that. I think it's just an insanely hard job. And I think they're held to a standard that they should be held to because it's it's a life or death situation. But it's a standard where your entire job is you're you're dealing with conflict. Conflict is very rare for people, right? For regular people, not like you, you fight. You know, you're you're pretty good at conflict. Right. But for regular folks, they don't come into physical conflict on a regular basis. It's very rare. For a cop, it's every day. That's you're overloading your system. Hundred percent. So if you have this guy who's already a little wacky. And then you put him into a everyday conflict situation, and then he's got seven years on the job. Yeah. Who knows how nuts that guy is by the time he does something stupid. Which is why we just need to start the process with, are you okay with conflict? You know, and well, let's go down the you list. Can't even are, are you going to have them. issues? You can't about ask this them. Stuff. You got to make them carry the boat. I think they should all go through buds training. I really yeah. do. If any any kind of thing. Yeah, find out if they're exceptional. My Find buddy. out if there's something there's something about them that separates them from a regular person. Well, if not, well, guess what? Having a gun and a fucking badge and the ability to pull somebody over and tell them what to do and shoot people, that takes you out of the realm of a normal person. If you want to be a non-normal person, you have to show the qualifications of a non-normal person. And I think most of them can do it. They could do it. And if they listen to Jocko, they let Jocko Willing take over the training and just make sure everybody does 20% training, we could radically reduce a lot of the interactions with people right. that, are, that are negative. Radically. And then, and then we can over overshadow it with good stories of cops doing good things yes. and change the perspective. Yes. But right now, everybody needs to see there's a problem so they can be fixed. Yes. Right? They do need to see that. And that's why even the people that are mad and they, they don't like you now and they're pissed off at you, I hope they understand your perspective. And that's why I wanted to... First of all, I love you, so I wanted to have you, you on because I always love seeing you. But I wanted to have you on because I know <clears throat> I know that this means something to you. This is not just like some celeb cause, like we were talking about that goofy video that those people made. You know, like uh, I'm I'm going to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to part of the problem. No, you're you're doing that not for the likes. You're losing people, man. I know people are falling off your and they're mad at you, mm -hmm. but you're doing it because you mean it means something to you and you actually care and you want people to know. Like this is a fucking real problem. And it's a problem with black people for sure. It's also a problem with just people. It's it's you know, and this is this better not get lost in this this conversation, this message. For yeah. sure, I'm down with police reform everywhere. For sure, for sure. Whether it's Black Lives Matter or you know whatever whatever's happening, we need some police reform. We need them to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. They need to be held accountable for women. For old men, for everybody, they just—they you can't—you just can't just do that. You can't just behave that way. They need to be held accountable. I think so. Many of us have are based at, just like the coronavirus. Probably you could say the same thing because I haven't encountered it. I don't think it's real. Just like people haven't encountered an asshole cop, which I find hard to believe, or <laughs> racism that it's not real. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And uh, well, white people that discount racism are the most hilarious. It's ridiculous. Well, that's easy to say. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it's um the so, idea that it doesn't exist is pretty silly, and the idea that all cops are good is also pretty silly. All people are not good. It's too hard. It's too hard to be a person. Mm -hmm. It's hard. 
and people need checks and balances. Every every level of every job, anybody everything. has to have some accountability, has to have everything. some checks and balances. We can't have a government that nobody gets in checks and balances. Exactly. You know what I mean? Every news channel all the time back checks and talks shit about every tweet that the president makes or anybody. We're constantly doing that. Why do we just blindly just believe that the police don't ever make mistakes? Exactly. And if we want to all admit that they have a bad, a hard job or whatever, that's just as much more reason that we should all be checking in on them and making sure that they're not going fucking ape shit. Well said. Thank you. You're not a bad guy, Joe Schilling. You just want people to be held accountable. I just want to be held accountable. Because you're a bad motherfucker and you want bad motherfuckers to be cops. That's right. Right? That's there right. you go. Not yeah. bitch ass dudes. Not bitch ass dudes. That's what it is. <laughs> Straight right? up. Yeah. It's really clear. That's that's like that's a respectful position. I was talking to my buddy about it. Like, can you imagine being scared? You have to go pull this person over, and we think that like a cop's probably a pussy. That's why he did it. But if he knows he's a pussy, he knows he's a pussy right. walking to the car. Oh fuck! Oh, if he exactly oh, 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 exactly, know? and that's what we got. That's what we're dealing with. These are the guys we're giving the guns to. Not all of them, but some of them. Hundred percent. That's so important. It's like one of the things you would tell people if you were talking to a kid and uh, he was like, uh, do, you think, do, you, do you think I should do martial arts for self-defense? 100%. No, you're a pussy. It's not cut out for it. Like straight up. I don't up. mean those people. No, but there are those people. <laughs> it's the same honesty. A lot of those guys it's the same honesty. jiu-jitsu and they wind up strangling folks. Yeah, well, good. Jiu-jitsu is different, man, because you don't have to get punched. <laughs> I know. Guys can get really good. <laughs> There's something about like... Like you would admit to this, right? There's people that get good at jujitsu that would never get good at striking. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And because the, of the process, yes, because you actually practice jujitsu without getting hit in the face, whereas you're not going to practice. You're not going to actually get good at striking unless you're getting struck, which is very difficult. You got to go into the danger zone, son. Right. You can stay out of the danger zone with jujitsu. You could do mm -hmm. live drills. You could do a lot of things, but there's sparring is sparring you know and the first but, uh, time some guy fucking punches you in the face and you see stars and your nose starts running and your eyes are watering you're like oh my god because i can make you look great on the pads i could teach you the fitness you could have the body oh, you yes. could a shadow box you could do all of that yes. but it's, when that shit happens mm -hmm. when that shit happens it's real and um in jujitsu you get to go again in jujitsu a guy catches you we all get caught the guy gets you in an arm bar okay tap and you can go right again if someone flatlines you, you're fucked for the day. You're not. This is not a normal uh, thing for your body to experience. And you can't necessarily point that out, at least not when they walk into the gym. Nope. Right? You train them for a whole fight. That's what I tell my fighters all the time is your first, like, ten fights, I have no idea. I'm hoping what you're going to do, but I don't know. <laughs> right? Because we'll be there in the smoker yeah. for a smoker fight. Warm up good, eight good, cut weight good, you're good, everything you're saying is great, and then you get out there in front of the lights and it's just not for you. It's not your time. It's not or your you could be a Justin Gaethje who, who can f somehow or another ignore those lights. Mm -hmm. There's dudes that just ignore those lights. They don't mean shit. That guy comes out and just looks at it like this. Mm -hmm. Just dead-faced. Mm -hmm. He's not freaking out. Daniel Rodriguez, same thing. Same thing. Same thing, like ice cold. Yeah, ice he looks cold. like a guy who would be ice cold. Ice <laughs> Cold. Those guys excel. Those the, guys uh, excel because how much of a factor is it is dealing with the anxiety? The first time I cornered him for a fight, he uh, let go, we warm up, we're warming up, and everybody, every fighter is a little different. Some guys like long warm ups, some guys are panic and death. Like, we just keep an eye and see what's going on. So, it's first time, I'm not sure what he's going to do. We warm him up, 
And uh, it's like, all right, you got like 10 minutes for the next fight. And he's like, I'm like, you need anything else? I'm like, no, I'm cool. I'm chilling. He sits down. He gets on his phone. And he like, he's like, just looking at the phone, swiping swipe through and shit. And I'm like, and the commission comes. He's like, okay, you're next up. And he's like, all right, cool. And he's just thumbing through his phone. <laughs> like nothing's happening. And How I'm long like, did he warm up? Oh, we did probably like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, from, okay. You know, and we got, we got a good spike going. Got the first little bit out. But he was just chilling. And... I'm like noticing what's going on, and I don't want to like make a scene, but I like went in his ear and I was like, "Hey man, this shit you're doing right now is like it's cool as fuck and all that, but like just make sure you turn the switch when it's time to go." And he like looked at me like, "Yeah, I got it." And sure enough, he did it right. Like just smokes the guy, and the guy had way more experience than him. This was a small local show. Then after the fight, we go to the bar, and he's got all his friends and family there and shit, and uh, he's got having a few drinks, and like he puts his arm around me. He was like, "Hey man, you know you were saying like make sure I turn the switch." I was like, yeah. And he's like, man, I've been to jail like a lot, like a lot. And I've fought a lot of people. He's like, I don't get nervous when I fight one person. And I was like, ching, 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 ching. We got a winner. We got a winner here, folks. And then I was like, okay, we'll see about this. But his UFC debut, I'm going to forget the guy's, he fucking fought. Damn it. He fought uh, a really good guy from New Mexico, Southpaw. Don't remember it. Man, I can't believe I'm not remembering. Pull it name. up, young Jamie. Man, the guy there's there's a lot of respect. He's a really tough dude. He's like a gate, almost like a gatekeeper, so to speak. And uh, D. Rod took it on like two weeks' notice and went in there. And same thing. He's like. Warms up, real laid back. He's like damn near sleeping in the locker room. They're like, you're up next. He's like, all right, cool, whatever. And he's like totally ice cold. Then we walk out for the fight. And, uh, you know, after the they check your nails and mouthpiece and all that, you have like a moment. Everybody always hugs, which I think is weird, like you're going off the battle or something. But like, mm -hmm. he turns around, and I was like, hey, man, it's a big show. Just take it all in. You got this, whatever. And I'm like, what, what's the game plan? He's like, fuck this dude up. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, but that's like, what you want to see. Yeah, and then I was like, but uh, how are we gonna do that? And he's like, kind of like, so I'm gonna move my feet. I'm gonna pick the angles, blah blah blah. But like, he was just ice cold. And then he stops the dude. Like, he was a phenomenal performance. I'm like, that guy is a rare breed when it comes to staying calm under pressure. And and, and uh, it's almost like prison is crossfitting, cross training. Yeah, rather. yeah that's him. <clears throat> Who's he got here? Tim, Tim Means. Means. Oh, Tim Means. Sorry, very Tim. Good, man. Yeah, very very good. <laughs> And very he caught good. him at a standing guillotine. Standing guillotine after he dropped That's a him. big deal. Tim Means is very good. On and he's very sneaky. On short notice. <clears throat> debut, short notice, and you're you're dealing with a guy who's an insane amount of competition under his belt. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tim Means is a, a fucking real world-class fighter. D-Rod's the truth. Yeah, there's guys like that you. out there. But it almost is like cross-training. Like prison is like mental cross-training, you know? I mean, you think of like... Uh, Dealing with um, confrontation, confrontation, confrontation yeah. um, believing in yourself, yeah. like showing yeah. up, like yeah. I'm not a bitch. You know what I mean? Like that's like if you get a, a guy that. and he comes to jujitsu and he comes from gymnastics, you're like, oh shit! Like you never done jujitsu ever? Like dude, you're gonna get good quick. Mm. You're a gymnast. If you get some guy who does the rings, mm -hmm. you know, imagine how good he's gonna be at jujitsu. Pommel horse, dude. Yes. Yeah. All One of those motherfuckers. Yeah. How good is that going to be? He's pushing off hips and shit. And that's kind of the same way you would think about a guy who's been in a lot of street fights and prison fights. Like, 
the anxiety aspect of fighting, as long as you have the athletic aspect as well, but having that anxiety alleviation of being, being knowing how to keep your shit together. Well, it's like when someone else is having like an anxiety attack or aspect that deal with and someone else feels right at home mm, not, <laughs> not <good>. even not <laughs> not not even the opposite of that like feels good like yeah. he's happy Ooh, Ooh that's and fucking, sees it yeah. yeah sees it when they're on yeah it's fucking terrifying <laughs> bad place to be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. joe Schilling, we did three hours already man time flies time flies it does uh don't don't feel in any way uh like you said, anything negative. You are 100% right. Everything you said, all that shit you put on your Instagram, it doesn't mean you're a bad person or you're anti-cop. You just don't want to see the disgusting shit that you keep posting over and over again. Yeah, man, I just want like everybody that's that are my people, which is all people that are in the United States, to like land of the free, home of the brave, like all the shit that we grew up on thinking this country's supposed to be, like let's stick to that. Let's, let's hold each other yeah. accountable to that, you know? Yeah, and... Don't defund the police. Please. But they don't need tanks either. They probably don't need tanks. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Damn. That was great. That was good.